Hello, welcome back. It is a time for Talking Bollocks. It is a time for the talking of bollocks, for bollocks to be talked. I, Howard Smith, will be doing some talking of bollocks. So welcome back. Lovely to have you all here. Um, We are back. It is Talking Bollocks on this beautiful, sunny, shiny day that it is here on 24th of December, February 2019. Ooh, when are you listening to this? Is it in the future? Is it? It was. <laughs> is it in the future? That's pretty much got to be the case because I'm recording this today. Unless somebody listens to this today, it will be the future when you're listening to this. So, hello, future person. Isn't this brilliant, eh? Isn't, isn't this a great start? So, my name is Howard Smith. I am the lead singer in your UK thrash band Acid Rain. I also perform comedy as Keith Platt, keithplatt.co.uk. I also uh, uh, perform comedy as myself, professional quiz master, all sorts of bits and pieces, spoken word shows, you name it. And even four-piece shows with Acid Rain. Yes, did a show as a four-piece Um uh, last week, and for in fact, it was a week ago today. Had to do a gig with um, without Paul, who was um, very ill and has been ill all through this week as well. Um, has finally managed to um, to get sorted out, but it's been um, it's been a, a horrific time for him. So we got to do a gig as a four piece, and it was um, a, yeah, it was fine. We we got through it. We had to drop um, a couple of songs out that we couldn't do. But uh, other than that, um, I, I think we got away with it. Don't don't mention it to anybody. Don't tell anyone. Anyway, um, yeah, that was great fun. There is a, there's a video of that whole weekend experience and all the rest of it um, uh, for Patreon subscribers. And, of course, if you are listening to this, you can also become a Patreon subscriber. Go to patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. And each month, um, for just $5, kids, that's... Including tax, less than six pounds. So come on, help me out. Um, uh, every month you get exclusive, exclusive content um, based on all sorts. It can be acid rain. You get a, you get a, another bolo cast, an extra bolo cast with any questions that you want asked of the interviewees. So there you go. That is in, surely that's enough to make you go, oh my god, Howard, that's amazing. And if it is, then I'm pleased to hear it. So. It is lovely to be back in your ears. What has been going on in the world of metal in the last month? Well, um, firstly, a live bolo cast came out for you all to listen to. So um, I hope you've all uh, all enjoyed a chance to uh, have a listen to that. That's that's the main thing that's happened. Um, uh, what else? Well, awesome, awesome news. LOA are bringing out a new album, and as we all know on this podcast, that is Life of Agony. It certainly isn't Lamb of God. Life of Agony, Lamb of God. It's LOA or it's Log, isn't it? Um, so Life of Agony are, um, are, are starting to work on a new album, and it is potentially... Then they're just kind of hinting that it's a conceptual a conceptual follow up to uh, the River Runs Red, which is of course, as we all know, one of the greatest debut albums 
of all time. And if you haven't got your head around that, then off you go. Go and find The River Runs Red, preferably top shelf version, double CD. In fact, it's, it might even have a DVD in it as well. Might even be a, might even be a, a fucking three disc motherfucker. In fact, let's just check. I'm going to go and have a look at my collection now and I'll be back in a second. Okay, it's a double disc. Uh, one's the CD, one's the DVD. CD's got uh, tracks missing. Uh, sorry, not tracks missing. Added tracks from the original CD. I'm sure I've done all of this before. And um, and a DVD with lots of cool stuff on it. Um, so anyway, yes, that's that's the River Runs Red. This is the River Runs Red episode. Um, so that, yeah, that just promises to be fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. As does, on a, in a similar vein... There's going to be a new Yingwei Melmsteam album. Hey? Anyone? Anyone give a fucking shit about that? I really, I, I just, I, I, I saw, um, I saw, uh, uh the story on Blabbermouth or whatever it was. And it was, it was like, you know, new Yingwei Melmsteam. I was just like, is that dude really still going? Is that, is that actually still happening? Do people go, yay, it's a Yingwei Melmstein album, I'm really excited. I mean, who the fuck does that? Not even Mr. and Mrs. Melmstein. The Melmsteins, right? Not even they, not even they are bothered about a new Yingwei. It's, it's kind of weird as well, isn't it? Because it is, it's, it sounds going with this. I've already made that noise, you know where I'm going with this. Oh, you're not, are you? I certainly am. It's almost a... Um, uh, I, I, I don't know, kind of like a Japanese-sounding name. It's like Yingwei Melmstein. That's just that. That is pretty, uh, pretty casually racist. What I've just done there, I think. Um, I'm sorry. I, I do. I do apologise. Um, yeah, can I have uh, two pork balls, uh, one beef and black bean sauce, and a and a Yingwei Melmstein, please? I don't know what I'm doing now. I genuinely don't know what I'm doing. Sounds like it could be a kind of sushi. And are the Yingwei Mumstay. Again, again, is this is is this sort of casually racist? Am I um, have have I have I committed a terrible terrible faux pas? Are you all going to shop me to the internet? Am I going to be all over um, blabbermouth as a racist UK? Uh, racist singer of UK thrash band finally exposed on podcast of shit. Um, who knows? I um, but anyway, getting back to it. Yingwei, really? Does anyone fucking care? Yingwei Melmstein, really? Does anyone care? Is any? Please get in touch. Please get in touch. No matter who you are, even if you are a member of the Melmstein family, I honestly don't know why I'm finding this so funny. So I hope you are because. Um, I'm frankly, I, I am frankly lost it. <laughs> uh, right, okay, I don't know what happened there, but, um, moving on! Um, after we've had the, um, uh, the, the excitement of there being a new, a new Yingwei Melmstein album, I still don't know why that's funny. Potentially, it isn't. Um, so, here we go, um. Yeah, it's our same old story. Same old story comes back. Tim Ripper Owens once again defends de- defends Ronnie James Dio hologram. No one's ever really toured like that before. Yeah, well, they are not touring, are they? It's a hell. It, it, it's a it nearly said helicopter. It's a hologram. Okay, so it, it's 
no one is there is a bunch of technology is touring some screens are touring simple as that that's it's it, it's not ronnie dio touring he is dead now as is usual with most of these articles half of it it tells the story of like brings us up to where we are now as in you know brings us up to the point that says oh by the way um this is what's happened so far so to actually get something new Owen said he is looking forward to hitting a road with a hologram once again. I want to do it because no one's ever really toured like that. I want to experience it and to celebrate Ronnie and to do this hologram thing will be pretty cool. That's a bit of a reach. I I understand it. Everybody has their own opinion. But me as a fan, I think to myself, I would love to see a David Bowie hologram show. I wouldn't. I mean, I would love to see a Frank Zappa hologram show. To be continued. I'd love to see an Elvis brackets. I love this about um, uh, blabbermouth. I'd love to see an Elvis brackets Presley show. Really, because nobody is thinking, oh, Elvis Costello, because <laughs> he's like not dead for a start. Because I remember the year. Oh, I'm sure I, we've had that jibber jabber from from Ripper Owens before. Look, I'll, I'll, I, the jury, the jury is not the jury is not out. The jury is in, and um, basically. They suck ass holograms. There's a fucking... It just shouldn't be allowed. But then again, what's the next story? Frank Frank Zappa hologram tour dates announced. Now, you see, I think this could actually work. The whole thing has been curated by Amit Zappa, his son. And um, it's going to be, like, pretty fucking mental. Um... And he actually says, my father and I actively discussed 3D and um, and hologram work, and it was a concept he actively engaged in. He actually devoted half a chapter of his The Real Frank Zappa book um, to this subject. This is a love letter and a journey celebrating the genius artistry of Frank Zappa on a personal note. I feel like I'm finishing something my father started years ago. And let's not forget Frank himself and the rocking uh, um, will be rocking his fans alongside his bandmates, bandmates like nobody's business. I mean... <sighs> You know, maybe, maybe not. But it's playing uh, the Edinburgh Playhouse, the uh, the Sage at Gateshead, which is the, or the Slug as it's known locally, um, Bridgewater Hall in Manchester, Symphony Hall in Birmingham, the Palladium in London. So um, it, it could be interesting. That actually could be interesting. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe it isn't. Let's let's see. But back to the Dio thing. Wendy Dio, right? She's interviewing producers and directors, right? And she's saying it has to be perfect the way the way Ronnie would want it. I guess we'll never know. I do realise I'm going on and on and on about this, right? I was talking to the label that I won't mention about four years ago, but the direction they wanted to take it, it was not... It was not what I what I want to be. Uh, I want it to be the real Ronnie, the true real Ronnie, not drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Sorry, this is about a making. I do apologise. I do apologise. My uh, misleading notes. I can't even make notes properly. What a cunt! Um, uh, it's about a biography of his life being made, and she didn't want it to. She wanted it to be the the true real Ronnie, not drugs, sex, and rock and roll, because that's not what he was about. So I want stories from bands that he played with, from people that I looked up to him, from his old friends, his old bandmates, um, and so that it's true. Well, I completely agree um, with her. It should be something along those lines. It should be something um, honest and truthful, and all the rest of it. That's nice to see that she's doing a little bit better job of that. Uh, than uh, she is with the horrendous let's make 
the, the, I'm not, I'm going to, okay, I'm stopping. I'm stopping going on about the fucking hologram, all right? I'm stopping. I'm stopping. Right. So, what else? Um, Parkway Drive were announced at uh, Bloodstock, and apparently um, not everybody was... Um, was impressed. I mean, uh, there there are no rules about you know about, about bands being booked on festivals. I, I, it was it was a bit of a hissy fit, um, and and hardly kind of like you know out the blue or anything like that. I mean, they've you know they, they they are well known festival headliners, and they're supposed to then put on a great show and everything. I kind of get where people are coming from. Bloodstock is a slightly older school. Um, festival so i can see where people are kind of getting bent out of shape as a uh, uh with parkway drive headlining but then again things move on um and also there there has been i mean immortal headlined the the sunday night one year i remember because i was there performing in the comedy tent to absolutely fucking no one as immortal went on literally i was in the second tent there was about two and a half thousand people in there for angel witch they played off they went the the the, the um uh, the tent emptied. Um, I then went on about 20 minutes later and there was literally about 30 people in the tent that holds two and a half thousand people. In the meantime, Immortal were coming on stage and yeah, fucking hell. Anyway, that's how you make a story all about me. Yeah, um, look, that, it is what it, it is, what it is, as the kids are fond of saying, I, I, I believe. Um, it is what it is. It, you know, you can't have everything... Um, with festivals, there is always going to be a ton of bands playing, and it's a case of are more bands playing that you know are enough bands playing for you to want to go and see it or not, and that's that's it, that's it. But this whole like you know oh my festival and oh they're just wrong and all it, you know it's 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 ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Just just grow up. It's just it's just one band. It's just one band. Um, also, what else has happened? Um, I saw a star is born. And I have to say, guys, yeah, it got me. Any of you out there who are remotely interested in music, just go and watch A Star Is Born. Bradley Cooper is fucking awesome. The songs are great. The music's great. Um, uh, Lady Gaga's great. Just an absolutely brilliant, um, poignant um, playing of the of the of the lead role. Um, one scene later on in the movie, which is incredibly um, uh, dramatic, is just brilliantly shot, leaving most of it, leaving nearly everything to your to your own imagination. It is a superb, superb movie. Honestly, I cannot recommend it highly enough. I really can't. It, it's just absolutely incredible and really worth checking out. Really, really worth checking out. Um, yeah, just the absolute fucking business. Um, and, um, yeah, Bradley Cooper, man. Seriously. You just watch it and go like, wow. Literally, you watch it and from about about 90 seconds in, you go, right, we're going to be okay. Because he clearly knows what he's fucking doing. Um, and it's just awesome. A brilliant portrayal of a, of a, of a broken down, lost soul who is just deep deep into years and years on the road um has very uh, has some not particularly um uh 
uh, great habits and um and it's just yeah you just kind of get the feeling that you're meeting this guy um he's just a fucking road warrior and um yeah uh it's it's just brilliantly done brilliantly done honestly seriously check it out seriously check it out it's worth it and and yes there is going to be um there is going to be some movie podcasts coming eventually. I am working on one. Um, um, the first one, I'm hoping to have a, a bit of a, a heavy hitter on. So, um, hence the delay in that coming out. But um, it's just a, it's just a case of kind of getting round to it. Okay. So anyway, speaking of getting round to it, let ha- let's get some serious fucking interviews going. So. Um, uh, went to see my mate Jonas, uh, Jonas, 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 however it's pronounced. I went to see him um, uh, when uh, he was in town with At The Gates. Um, it was a absolutely fucking horrible day. Drove all the way over. It, it was it was kind of weird. It was a bit of a rush because we were going to hook up and then... Um, and he was like, oh, I'm only free till four o'clock. And I was like the other side of London doing something else. And I was like, oh, shit, right, okay. So... Jumped in my car, got back to my flat, picked up my mics and everything else, piled over there, met up with Jonas, did a really nice, uh, had a really nice chat for an hour, um, asked all the Patreon questions, and then off he went sound check, and, and that was it. It was a real kind of like, um, yeah, it was it was a real hit and run job, um, but great fun. He is a top man. Lots of um, lots of interesting stories um, to be picked up on this. So this is Jonas and I sat um, on at the gates tour bus uh, tour bus. <laughs> yeah, tour bus. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, um, we met in. Sorry, Jonas and I met a, um, about a year ago. Yeah, it was actually a year ago um, when we played in Portugal together. Um, uh, I was playing with Acid Rain. He was playing. He wasn't playing without the gates. Um, uh, well, I'll let I'll let I'll let him tell the story. It comes up during the course of our conversation. This is Jonas and I having a chat just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the the worst thing about a bus is air conditioning, sound of air conditioning buzzing. Yeah. I interviewed um, Max Cavallera, and um, it, you, there's just this like in the background all the time. <laughs> it's like I've waited all this time to interview Max, and um, and I'm interviewing the air conditioning. <laughs> um, so, uh, listeners, um, I'm sat on at the gates tour bus, which is very nice. There's little uh, little Yoda keeping some gin warm over there. <laughs> Um, and I'm with uh, I'm with my uh, my good friend Jonas. Who um, when did you join the band? Uh, it's almost two years now. Right. Okay. That's that's actually that's actually quite a long time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. But is it is it the first sort of big chunk of, of touring that you've done? Well, it's kind of started like last spring, the big uh, like the touring part of it. But that we did just did like a few. Like a short tour of Asia and Japan. Oh, I think I, Japan yeah. Japan was the first after the album was out. So, and then it was festivals all summer, and then the actual like it's long touring birthday. started like in September last year. So. Right. Yeah. But we got this whole year ahead of us too. So. Yeah, I know because well, you've so you've done the states yeah. and yeah, you've you've pretty much done Europe. So yeah. it's the rest of the world to go then. Yeah, we're doing Australia, New Zealand, and then Russia, and then we're doing festivals uh, like spread out all over the summer, and then we're doing the US again, and then Brilliant. we're doing Europe again. Right. Okay. Why <laughs> yeah. not? Yeah. But you have to, don't you? It's like, you know, that's the whole 
the whole game really yeah. isn't it it's I mean the next next European tour is going to be a headline tour and it's not going to be a long one either it's just going to do like two weeks or something yeah but this is I mean yeah uh, support slot though I mean I don't know about you but I, I think they're pretty sweet these yeah, days yeah they are yeah <laughs> you know? I mean you you get off stage early and it's just you got more time to do stuff yeah yeah, yeah no exactly I, I, I actually find it um, shorter set yeah that, well yeah. I was going to mention that yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but also um, I always find it a little bit I always find it a little bit depressing when, when you headline and it's like you, you might go into the dressing room get toweled off or whatever and you might like come back out on stage or you know just see what's going on and, and it's it's like nothing ever happened there's yeah. just yeah. rubble you know yeah. it's an empty gu- and there's like oh I've, oh bye yeah it's like a doomsday you know it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. completely empty and just people just scrubbing rubbish off the floor and yeah see the crew just yeah, taking just, everything down and yeah, you like, still see that but it's like it's after Behemoth played, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you do you get to watch them, or are you usually? Are you, I mean, yeah, six I mean, weeks I, I watch them more on the US tour. Uh, just uh, pop my head in like on a few few occasions on this tour. I'm actually going to watch the whole show. I think on the either in Dublin or Glasgow, the last ones. So. Right. Just because the show is a bit different here in Europe than it was in the US. So. Uh, Size-wise, yeah, they got a little bit more like special effects on stage and stuff, so like a, like right. a screen behind them and uh, fire and shit. So awesome, <laughs> awesome health and safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, it's it. Oh, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like you know when when you're in a band, you, you're always like you look at someone else's stage there, and you haven't got that fan's eye view. You haven't got that like wow. Yeah. You look at it and you go, oh fuck me. Yeah, you can't imagine hauling that around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got a whole truck with them with all the stage props and everything. So. Man, that's insane. It's such a much more bigger than bigger machine than we are, you know. But, but yeah. I mean, I, th- I don't think at the gates would never work with a. It's never had that kind of vibe. The, the band is just we're just normal guys going up on stage just playing the songs. But we were a thrash band. Yeah, and. I can't think uh, when you were, when you were saying that I was I was trying to think of a, a of a thrash band I've seen with a you know with a stage show yeah. I mean, and I wouldn't say like I mean ramps isn't really a stage yeah, show yeah yeah I know um, I mean sure Slayer has some fire and and uh, Metallica probably does it too you know but oh, well, I know, but their stages are a bit more elaborate you know just so, but you've just opened up that whole question as to whether Metallica is still a thrash band no well, <laughs> I guess not they're not yeah <laughs> yeah and I mean Slayer yeah I, I saw the last tour and that was, but that's the first time I've I've seen him with any real kind of stage show yeah um, and I think they were you know going balls out for you know for the one last, last time one, yeah yeah um, but yeah it's uh, there's something about thrash though isn't it it's it's, it's just it's jeans and t-shirt yeah that's your, that's your stage set yeah. right there isn't it you know you just get out there and play the songs yeah I mean it's the same with I mean thrash and death metal is that kind of stuff you know and grindcore and whatever you know you leave all the elaborate stuff to the black metal bands you know? <laughs> <laughs> which I think is like it's more needed there I think to create some kind of atmosphere around the whole thing you know so. yeah but I think that I think it also stretches out into into the fans as well because yeah. you you know they, they enter into it I mean uh, you know it's corpse paint and yeah and you see dr- all the dressing pan- up. you see all the pandas coming to the shows <laughs> <laughs> it's like I thought they were almost extinct you know <laughs> <laughs> but you definitely don't see them fucking <laughs> no no um, uh, 
So have you so have you have you converted many many pandas over over this tour? I mean, we probably have. You know, there's been a, a few. I know this uh, this British girl that's been she's been going to shit loads of the shows around Europe, and she's going to I think almost all the shows here in the UK. And she, like, we've seen her in front so many times, but now she's actually really into it when we are playing. So right. that's nice. And you're just like, oh yeah. <laughs> At least one. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. There's probably a few that mean they're getting started, uh, Well, you know, yeah. you're assuming there's yeah. a few. It might yeah. just be her. You might yeah. have done a six-week tour yeah, to yeah. convert this one British yeah. fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so you, um, I mean, we met, uh, we met a, a year ago. Um, and it actually took one of your bandmates to tell me that you that you were in at the gates. It was, it, it was almost like you, it was almost like you didn't want to say anything, um, given it well, you know, given it was quite a uh, quite a low level event. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, it was a fun festival, though. It was, wasn't yeah. it? It was. Yeah. I, I had great fun posting the um, posting the videos of uh, of us slagging each other off in soundcheck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was that was and, really and cool. Keep in mind, that's the first time we ever met. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be fair, we just came into that repertoire right away. Yeah, well, that that was it. Well, it, that was the weird thing because um, I remember it was there was me and Mark, our drummer, and we were stood out front of the the hotel that we were all staying in, and I used the hotel in its loosest terms, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this sort of World War Two abandoned house, yeah. um, and. Um, uh, we, we we just went outside to see what was going on, and we just kind of stood in those you guys there. Yeah. And um, I can't remember who started talking. It was probably Bjorn, if yeah, I think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, "So, who are you?" And we're like, "I apologise for the accent." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Rain, and I just remember him going, "Oh, fun thrash." <laughs> <laughs> That's typical him, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, "Who are you?" And you're like, oh. and I was like, "All right." Um, morbid bastards or something like that it's just like fucking depressing or something. Yeah. and uh, you, you guys all laughed and it's like straight away it's humour just like cuts all boundaries and yeah, all the rest it of it isn't it yeah. so I think we must have spent probably at least the first 10 or 15 minutes of all getting to know each other just ripping the piss out of each other's yeah. bands <laughs> um, and, um, you were going who the fuck are you guys that sounds like me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as much as that sounded yeah, like the old that's uh, yeah, that does sound like me, um, and um, but yeah, well, we, I, I think we, we kind of had a really we we had, had a good chat then and kind of got to know each other a little bit, and then yeah. we all we all shipped out to the venue, and then nothing brings bands together like freezing in a huge fucking dressing room yeah. for like what felt like all day. We must yeah. have been in there for four or five hours or yeah. whatever. It was. I mean, the whole thing that kind of kept it together with people actually getting along <laughs> yes yeah 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 in the in the in the face of um yeah in the face of overwhelming odds yeah. just chilling out yeah. and um, in the face of portuguese misery <laughs> yeah being being in a being in a portuguese dressing room with lots of radiators in that don't work because yeah. they don't normally need them uh, yeah it's like... but that was, i mean the only two times that i um, might mention that it, it's a different band from at the gates it's one of the other bands i played in god macabre so yes and that that's the second time we played in Portugal, and we both times we played like in January. Oh, and, uh, I think it was January the other time too. Otherwise, it was still like Portuguese winter, which is like it's not yeah. winter, but it's it's a bit colder and it's more rainy. And but it was kind of misery both times, misery but fun. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had a blast. Yeah. We had an absolute blast. This year, we did Gran Canaria instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With four days in Gran Canaria with yeah. one show. Yeah. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> it really was. You ever played Gran Canaria, though? Oh, man. It's, um, it, it, yeah, it's a blast. Yeah, that's um, where all the Swedes go to vacation, you yeah. I don't think you'd be playing the kind of place we played, yeah. okay? We played, we played a club that was in the basement of a shopping mall surrounded by sex clubs I, like li properly like fisting club pissing club and we're like <laughs> and sounds I, like Germany I, I, well funnily enough <laughs> funnily enough all the signs are in Spanish um, and German not even of English course. it's because German tourists for some reason heads Grand Canary I must admit we were in it, it, it's also from what I hear like pretty much a gay capital of um, southern Europe okay um, so much so that you know northern Europeans go on holiday there as well yeah. so I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, neither did I <laughs> until the day of. No, neither did I until we landed and we fa we and we were like having some beers with the promoter and he's like, he just I was like, well, because we're going on stage at three in the morning. Yeah. Um, and that's um, always fun. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, what are we gonna What are we gonna do? And he said, well, oh, there's lots to do. And we're like, right. And then he told us, and we're like, okay, right. So that sounds like an interesting part of town. <laughs> Um, so, uh, needless to say, it was an interesting, it was an interesting experience. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I didn't expect that from Portugal, and apparently it's not normally that cold. But yeah. we, we just, we also had a well, Gran Canaria. No, Portugal. Oh. I didn't expect that in Gran Canaria. Yeah. I didn't expect it so bloody cold in yeah, Portugal yeah, I, when I, we met. That, yeah. that was freezing, and um, and we had a we had a we had a four hour journey to the airport as well. Four so hours. Four hours in a van. Um, oh, there. So eight hours of our stay in Portugal was in a van. <laughs> um, but um, I, uh, I did hear about, uh, did hear about um, Bjorn's um, Bjorn's illness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems like one of us gets sick every time we go to Portugal. It's the first time I got sick. I got kind of a flu thing going on, which kind of struck me on the flight there. Oh like right. Halfway we. we we had a layover in Frankfurt, I think it was, or something. And, like, I was starting to feel like, oh, there's something wrong here, you know, at the airport. And then, like, mid-flight, that just hit me. It's like my ears. And I lost my voice. I couldn't speak. Oh, shit. So the first night, I just I just crashed at the hotel while the others went out, got pissed drunk. <laughs> and they came back, and I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> And I was I was sick the whole day afterwards. The, the actual show day, I was sick. Uh, we I went out like had dinner with everyone because we had to go in a van to the other town where the actual show was. It was yeah, like two hours away, whatever it was. And uh, I was just like trying to get that one percent of energy that I actually had left in my body. Just, but when we actually got to the festival, I just I'm I'm gonna lay down in the van. So I actually slept in the van, like. Half up to half an hour before the show. Shit. Yeah, I was like, how is this gonna go? And then after the show, it's like gone. Well, Doctor Showbiz, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the adrenaline starts so pumping, and like, all right, now I can get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had. Um, we we. I think we were uh, four of the five of us were were ill yeah. when, we, when we got when yeah. we got back from that. Yeah. Um, yeah, not as bad as Bjorn. We, no, that, we weren't puking on the plane. Yeah, no, no, it, that, it was worse for him because he got sick on the way home. As yeah. It started in the morning and he got, 
Yeah, I mean, he was running to the bathroom constantly. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I, I listened to him do the description of it on, yeah. on his podcast, yeah. and it's just a brilliant description. <laughs> yeah. It was like, just ended up puking his hands in the middle of the play. Yeah. You know, just, oh no. On the way to the toilet, because <laughs> Is it all, yeah, he said yeah. all the toilets were full and all yeah. that. So it's just insane. Um, he probably lost a couple of pounds on that trip. <laughs> yeah, and it's all for one gig. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't. You you were, you did a couple of shows, didn't you? No, no, we just you did just that did one. that one show. Yeah. Man, is is that was the only show we did last year? <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it's quite a um, yeah. it's quite a uh, uh, a thing to see you guys live. Yeah. We got you had you had um I remember you coming coming back saying you had a um, you had a critic in the crowd. Yeah, that night. Yeah, I was like. Because I was like, "Fucking hell!" It's not—it's not the kind of thing you get as a singer. No. Do you know what I mean? Because there's like, yeah, you can get people who are like, you know, give you shit or whatever. But yeah. that's like, you kind of expect it comes with the territory. Yeah. But as a guitarist, you don't sort of—I don't know. Uh, I don't—I don't remember the critique. That I probably just rubbed it off. All oh, right. Well, I, I'm sorry for bringing it up. And I will just <laughs> oh move. My fucking God. Yeah, yeah. How dare you? So we've only got th three more shows, including tonight, or three notes. Four, four, including tonight. Four, including tonight. Right. Cool. Um, so we got Manchester, Dublin, and Glasgow left. And and five um, five weeks on the road is, yeah. is it's enough, really, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. Are you getting to that stage now where it's like mm, four weeks would have been just right? Like yeah, the last you always get into that. Yeah, know? but but sometimes also when you do two weeks, it's like, oh, well, I mean, three weeks would have been fun. I was just getting into my stride. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I mean, I, I see on Facebook, I see you with a beer in an airport. Yeah. Probably, I don't know, once every other day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but the thing is, you you always you always look you always look happy, even if you're not even if you're not like you know even if it's, beaming, if it's five in the morning you know so. yeah, yeah yeah but you always look happy because I kind of get I kind of get the feeling rightly or wrongly that where you are now is somewhere that you've kind of spent your entire life either wanting to be or trying to get to yeah exactly yeah. I mean I preferred even though it, touring can be really rough because you're you're just travelling all the time and you you live on a bus and surrounded by people all the time is sometimes you I just try to get away just when you're in a new city you just go out walking and try to find record stores or whatever you know? absolutely yeah. and but still it's, I'd rather do that than all the shit jobs I had before you know where I'm just completely miserable every day and just wanted to like kill everyone I worked with because they were like racist morons and just uh, like people that are settling Yes. Yeah, instead yeah. of like pushing forward, trying to get somewhere else, you know, it's just like, oh. yeah, people who is it's a lot easier to moan about where you are than change it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I know I'm, you know, I'm really, really, really pleased for you. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I mean, I, I think it's awesome. Um, I'm jealous as well. I got to be honest. <laughs> I, oh man, I'd love to. I, 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 at the moment, we're just trying to find a label for the new album, yeah. and um, it's just like, oh, it's that, it's that, just that horrible stage where yeah. it's like, because we've been in control of everything since we came back, yeah. and the one thing you're not in control of is once you know, there's always been a plan, and finally you get to the end of the plan, which is make the album, yeah. and after that, 
it's up to everybody else yeah. you know you just send it out there and yeah. cross your and, see what and, happens and, you know? exactly exactly which is a pain in the ass yeah. but I would love to be on a six week European tour that's <laughs> a fucking job um, but no I mean this is awesome and you've you, you pulled double duty a few times as well with yeah your... last summer there was a few festivals when uh, the Lurking Fair also played the same festival which is like it's me Thomas and Adrian in that band too so uh, which was fun, but it was a bit tough too. I mean, especially there was one festival in Spain where the other two two members that are not in at the gates, their their flights got fucked up, so they ended up not being able to make it to the festival. So Shit. yeah, so it's just like, okay, what are we doing? Are we canceling, or are we gonna try to pull this off as a three piece with one singer, one guitar player, one drummer? Shit. <laughs> So we like decided, no, we're not going to cancel. We just do the show. We're here, you know. So Yeah. So uh, I rearranged all the songs because, I mean, there's two guitar players and a lot of times I play melodies and yeah. the other guy plays rhythm stuff and solos and all that. So we just stripped everything of solos and melodies, just riffs. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And we, we use like a, we use a detuning, uh, just normal detuning. So it's not really that down tuned. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe I used uh, the guitar I used for At The Gates, which is a baritone guitar and it's tuning B. So it's it's a lot like heavier. So I used that and we split the cabs. So we have one cab on each side of the stage. So it's like, yeah, kind of sounds like it's two guitars anyway. And we pull it off, you know, people, and we explain to the audience the, the situation and they like completely like, it's totally okay. Just do what you're doing, you know. So, yeah, yeah. But that's. I mean, that that is the great. I think a great thing about a kind of. And, and you know, I, I don't know if it applies to all genres, but yeah. you know, metal audiences. There is that. There's just that sense of community. That, yeah. There is that sense of like, hey guys, you're here. Yeah. You know, you could have blown us off. Yeah. yeah. It's either that or they're like, piss off. <laughs> true yeah it's always yeah. It's, it's always honesty yeah <laughs> um uh, and so uh, how involved with you how involved were you with the with the writing of the album and, and uh, i wasn't involved the, at all with the writing i mean i think more or less everything had been written already when i joined the band right okay. jonas wrote all the music for the this album and uh, i mean they asked me do you, like do you want to contribute do you have any ideas you know stuff and i just said not on this one just let me be a part of the band for a while and then next album yeah, yeah. that that's cool yeah yeah it's not like i don't have a songwriting ego that i oh i'm in the band now i need to write songs yeah no. someone else is playing somebody yeah, else's yeah, yeah, songs yeah. <laughs> i mean if, if if someone else in the band is a really good songwriter you shouldn't mess with it exactly yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember hearing somebody I can't remember who it was but they were saying if, you know if you're if you're lucky enough to be in a band with with somebody or a couple of people who have a vision yeah just service that vision yeah you know try and try and kind of put your your own ego on hold yeah. and just service that vision yeah I mean I have other bands that I I mean both in I mean God Macabre is not writing new material we only did one album but I wrote more or less I wrote all the songs on that album besides one all the music so and how old were you at the time uh, when we recorded the album I was 18 wow so we all were like 18, 19 when we did that album so uh, I mean it was cool. the same with At The Gates I mean I've been friends with them for, I mean me and Thomas have known each other for over 30 years so <laughs> I mean that's why they wanted me in the band too since I was someone they've known for so long and 
they yeah. knew I was like going to fit in right away. Basically, <laughs> you, yeah, you, yeah, and this is a compliment. You were you were a low risk option. Yeah, yeah, and especially when you're like you said in a bus yeah. five weeks yeah. in each other's company. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to be taking risks. Yeah, yeah. That's what I really ended up after like a half a year. It was like oh, we can't stand this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the whole songwriting thing, and in Bombs of Hades, I write everything, both lyrics and music, you know, so I, I get my my output there. And in Lurking Fear, we kind of split. I mean, I write, me and Andreas, the bass player, wrote most of the album, but, and Fred, the other guitar player, wrote song, one song, but that's a more, like, thing we do together, you know, everyone yeah. contributes songs, yeah. <laughs> which is nice. I mean, it's the same when I joined Cripple Black Phoenix, you know. Like, and friends were asking, oh, are you going to write songs for them? I was like, I don't think so, because Justin always is still writing amazing songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, it's like, you know, if, if, there's, if there's a pre-existing chemistry, you know, why fuck with it until until you're integrated into yeah, that chemistry? Exactly. Yeah. And, you and you know, you know how you know how somebody plays and how they work yeah. and you've got a better idea of it. Yeah. Have the, have the song have the songs changed at all? Little subtleties that start changing when you you know when you when you're touring songs a lot and you start kind of thinking, well, hey, it would actually be cool to do this here. Oh well, you're never like completely satisfied with an album, you know. There's always exactly. stuff afterwards. You go, ah, oh, maybe we should have this done this instead, you know. But we haven't changed anything in the songs no. when we do them right. We just do them exactly. The only thing we've done is like we had to remove certain like guitar parts that are when we just layered shitloads of guitars on. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. oh, we're only two players. We can we can only. So you had to pick out the ones that are really standing out. You mean you mean you didn't bring a Pro Tools rig with you? <laughs> We have, we have like a few parts in, in songs that are on backing tracks like acoustic guitars and shit so yeah. that's like in the middle of a song and stuff that's allowed yeah that's that's, that's allowed. old school yeah. that's yeah. allowed yeah it's the whole Pro Tools thing yeah. that I can't get on board with yeah. it's just no yeah. wrong <laughs> um but um, well, it's good to see you again, mate. I yeah. mean, it's uh, it's been a it's been a whole year, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and funnily enough, I remember saying to you, well, look, when you're you know when you're on tour, when you're in London, yeah. you know, we, we, we've got to hook up. Yeah. So it's good to see you. Thanks for making the time. Yeah. I do appreciate it. Um, I've been in good company. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was sort of like, oh, fucking, he's going to interview me after he's done fish and. <laughs> uh, yeah, fish, yeah. Uh, Max. Um, well, I think I think this episode is going to be you and Otep oh. so um, I'm going to see her next week yeah. um, and um, I promised to uh, teach her a bit of like how to do stand up because um, I've interviewed her before and we, yeah, we got on really really well and it was like she was asking me about comedy and stuff I said look if, if you when you're in the UK I'll come down during the day and we'll you know I'll talk to you a little bit about yeah. stand up and all that so I've been tweeting and stuff and she's like yeah yeah let's do it let's do it so yeah, that well, could be quite cool me and Bjorn should come to one of your stand up shows and just heckle you <laughs> <laughs> I would I would love okay. that I, the, the trouble is I yeah. think Bjorn would end up being funnier than me yeah because he, he is a funny guy he's right? a funny guy yeah. even when he's not totally fucking wasted yeah that was amazing that day <laughs> he was so fucking wasted yeah and I, I, I think I remember you trying to tell him that like what he'd what he'd done earlier yeah, he, like, I mean, the, he refused to I, believe I, you I, I played a prank on him because he he took like a, a puff or two of a joint uh, which he rarely does you know right. he's not that kind of guy but 
for some reason he wanted it I was smoking and he was like oh I'll have a puffer too and he was like oh I'm still stoned and I was like joking like oh it's just the first thing I said was like after like 50 minutes he said it that he was I still feel stoned yeah but you just had it 15 minutes ago and then like half an hour later he was like I still feel stoned yeah it's because you just had it 15 minutes ago and I kept saying that to him for hours and first he was like no you're joking I was like no for real you just had it 15 minutes ago and it kept on for hours I remember it now at the end of it he actually yeah. believed me and he just started almost hallucinating that he was like why am I still stoned like almost was panicking it was like i knew he wasn't stoned anymore but it was just got it in, into his head that he, he was still stoned <laughs> it is yeah, yeah none of us have grown up but it's like the opportunities to do something yeah, like that you, when you, you see, see a window you know, yeah exactly yeah. especially if he's the right kind of person yeah you know you just think boom yeah i'm doing that yeah doing i mean that. we always take a piss out of each other so it's the and that's the thing with that band you you we've decided to the band is still active. We're not going to make any new music. I don't think so. I mean, it would be fun to do it, but I don't really think we'll do it. And we do live shows when we're offered shows that we like, okay, we can do this. Yeah. And and we don't mainly do it just for the five of us to hang out. Right. Because it's like, we rarely, because we live in different parts of the country and, well, three of the guys live more or less in the same part, but there's still, you know, very rare occasions we get together unless we rehearse before a show or do it do an actual show you know yeah so for us it's the whole thing is just a friendship thing yeah yeah and that's, yeah, that's i mean cool. that's how lurking fear started too i mean that's also that band is completely built on friendship and that band is even worse when it comes to taking a piss at each other you know <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome that's awesome um so um I've got I've got to ask because I I'm, I'm we kind of touched on this but um, you you saw you saw Acid Rain play with Nuclear Salt and Dark Angel all those years ago yeah eighty nine yeah eighty nine yeah Stockholm that is insane yeah because I remember you I remember you saying that there was like there was there was there was a few of at the gates there and it was but it yeah. was all before bands yeah, kind yeah, of formed yeah when you were all young yeah, yeah i mean i was 15 at the time so shit right okay yeah, or so. 16 probably yeah right okay so i'm i'm, yeah. I'm only a little bit older than you yeah but at that age it's quite yeah. a lot isn't it I mean, for me it's a funny thing especially that show is like those three bands as a rain dark angel and nuclear assault and i was 16 and i was i mean i when you're 16 you're you're a fanboy you know yes and now fast forward 30 years i'm friends with you <laughs> yeah I'm, f I'm really good friends with dan lilker and i'm friends with gene hogan you know? so it's like <laughs> what, what happened <laughs> yeah I, know. I, I mean if someone told me that in 89 i was like oh well you know <laughs> somewhere along the line you're gonna become friends with them it's well, like, well, the, well the, yeah, but the weird thing yeah. is that's how I felt on that tour yeah I mean um, when when we first toured with Nuclear Assault because that was the second time we toured with them yeah first time we yeah. toured with them um, I remember telling Anthony Bramante that with the um, uh, I, I got his autograph <laughs> I think about at nine months previously or yeah. like a year previously yeah. and I told him the gig and he was like oh yeah he said yeah I remember and I was like, we sat out we were sat out the back of the bus and it's like we kept saying cheers to everybody because it was like we'd never heard we'd never heard this expression yeah. where like British people just go oh cheers you know yeah. and he said we'd never heard it yeah. so and I was like yeah I said I've got I've got cheers Anthony Romanti ready yeah. it was like he, he he thought it was hilarious yeah. and then where there we are like you know 
I mean, sharing a tour bus with with Dark Angel. Yeah. I mean, you know, I bought Leave Scars, and yeah. um, and then to be like, you know, sat on the bus with Gene, just like talking stuff. Yeah. You know, he's I was the nicest like, guy. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. Um, it's like an absolute legend when it comes to drumming and all that. I mean, it's it's it's, um, it's kind funny of thing. My son met him before me, actually. Really? Yeah. Because my son's a drummer, and he went, I think he was around. He was fourteen or fifteen, I think. And his mom's uh, new husband is uh, he, his cousin plays in Meldrum. All right, okay. uh, I think she's the bass player. I think so. They got in on the guest list when they played uh, my old hometown where my son lives, and he brought Christopher with him. So my, I was getting a text for him and a picture of him with Gene Hoagland. I was like, "You fucking little <laughs> shit." Kid, you know, meeting Gene Hoagland before me, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I, Gene is just, he's just such a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, whenever, whenever they play here, I've got, I've got his European number, and we always, we always hook up. And he's, he's. It's the last time I saw him. Last time I saw him, he's like, he's like, we just pick up where we left off. Yeah. And then the last time I saw him, we, sit, we sat down in Testament's dressing room. <laughs> he looked at me. I looked at him, and I, just, I just went, so Trump. And he, yeah. and, he, and he just looks at me and he goes so Brexit yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. boom we're off because you can talk to Gene about anything yeah. you know um, as you do when you sat on a bus for like six weeks together yeah. um, but of course uh, yeah then we went through all those we just went through a fucking nightmare on that tour then bass player got chucked in jail and it was just yeah. it was insane yeah. but yeah that um, that tour was just so much fun to do funnily enough I've just I've sent some some tracks from a new Acid Rain album to uh, Century Media and the head of A&R was an Acid Rain fan and, yeah. he, and he, he went to that tour yeah. and he was like oh yeah dude you know fucking loving this it's like but, but it's not for us sorry yeah. <laughs> I'm like it's not a problem yeah. but it's 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 weird because I think um, because there were so sort of there were so few kind of tours like that back in the day yeah. that everybody went to them yeah. so if you were into thrash even if you didn't particularly like the bands who were on you kind of went anyway yeah I mean it's yeah. the same now when we did, we did the, the US tour now in San Francisco and Craig from Forbidden came to the show oh and, Craig uh, and, top and man I've never met Craig before lovely guy now. yeah amazing guy you know and we also started talking about that first time they played in Sweden yeah, which was also 89 and it's like another one I meet who plays in the fucking amazing band from Sweden who was at that show you know it's like <laughs> yeah I and mean, I, I told the eager from Sepultura about the first time they played in Sweden they said oh I remember that show that that was one of the best tours we've ever done you know it was the first European tour you know? and so many bands you know I remember, uh, in 1990 the first time Morbid Angel played like a big show in Sweden like everyone that that's the moment when death metal like really exploded in Sweden you know I mean there's a lot of bands before that but that was when everyone just like ah oh, went full on death metal just fuck thrash metal just <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah I, re I remember that yeah. as well <laughs> <laughs> you're like left in the dust it's like what the fuck uh, yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. 1990 yeah. you know it's like fuck yeah. me that that year yeah. started really well yeah. and, and ended really badly yeah <laughs> it was just like yeah in the course of that year it was just yeah. yeah things just went but that's what happens I mean it was other like stuff that came along a couple of years later that just made death metal obsolete for a while too you know? yeah yeah well yeah. I've well black metal did that really but yeah. I mean I've, but I've always said it's like if, if you're part of a scene and yeah. the scene goes under you yeah. go down with the ship yeah you know and that's or you try to 
adapt to something. I mean, and th but there's very few that really are able to adapt and do it really good. Well, exactly, because with thrash, it's like, well, where do you go? Because yeah. you, 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 if you're going to try and hitch your trailer to like death metal yeah. or, or, or or grindcore, whatever's yeah. coming through, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, funk metal. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Don't Sacred Reich, Thirty One yeah. Flavors. I'm looking yeah. at you guys. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, yeah, it's it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So you kind of just got to go right. Okay, yeah. you know, we're going down. I think the actually Testament kind of. Uh, went through it in a really good way because they didn't like they were still trash but they yeah. became a bit rougher well uh, I've got a funny story for you on that you know the album uh, I can't remember what it's oh, it really annoys me I can never remember it the album that Gene plays on uh, the, yeah the first yeah. album he played on um, uh, that, that wasn't a testament record Gene that, that was that was that was Eric Chuck Gene um, some new guys yeah. and it was a different band yeah. and the album was written as a different band yeah. and then some European like SPV or someone like that came up and went like you know we've got this amount of money for a New Testament album and they went <laughs> right okay so just kind of adapted the song slightly said but that's why it sounds slightly slightly different it's, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like a different band but retooled as a Testament album yeah because there was just way more interest in that yeah. than, than them trying to do something new. Yeah, because I know Eric got really into the, the black metal stuff and he incorporated it a lot, I think, but very subtle though. And also I think Shuck's vocals became a bit more growlier. Big yeah, time. Yeah, yeah big time. Yeah. Oh, you li well, you listen yeah. to like the you know, first couple of albums, that well, especially Practice What You Preach. Yeah. I mean, there's a fucking ballad on there for yeah. God's sake. But that was the law back yeah, then, yeah, right? Exactly, you know? yeah. Third album, yeah. ballad. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, guilty. Yeah. And, um, uh, and guilty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you so hardcore. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I always only play death metal or psychedelic rock, you know. That's And I totally separate them. Well, ex not with Bumps of Hades, we try to do it more. We're, we're kind of a mix between like Discharge and and King Crimson <laughs> these days. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, but King Crimson is they were fucking harder than most metal bands back well, in '69. Well, as, uh, why nobody's did, go, come near like Schizoid Man well, and well, that stuff. Like why that. did Why did Tool take King Crimson out on yeah, on tour? Exactly. Yeah. It's like because they're a complete and total inspiration. Yeah. They're in awe of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, um, so have you? Uh, other than uh, than at the gates, and so there's no no plans to record any God Macabre stuff. No. Um, anything else? Uh, well, Bombs of Hades are going to do a new album. Uh, I wanted it to do it last year already, but it was no time. You know, I have more or less the whole bunk of it written already. Right. And uh, we're going to do a 12-inch now for uh, during the spring, and then record the album before the summer, and then have it released. Uh, like probably like October or something like that and uh, I mean that band doesn't really tour much because yeah. I mean people got families and stuff and we don't really take that band like like a serious band like whoa we're gonna like tour the hell out of us and try to make it big you know yeah. we're, that's the same thing it's four guys that have known each other for 35 years that just want to play music together yeah. and uh, it's very relaxed in that way but it's it's also cool that, you, that it gives you opportunities to do stuff and go places yeah, and see yeah. things together that yeah. you know you might not have seen. Yeah, but I, I, and Lurking Fear is uh, kind of the same thing. But we're I mean we're on a bigger label and all that. It's a kind of a different ballpark when it comes to Lurking Fear. 
I mean, we got signed to Century Media even before we had made a demo. Wow. Yeah. They were just like, okay, I see these five guys in a band. I know what they're capable of. Like, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Having just been turned down by Century Radio <laughs> this week, it's a great story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got signed by a, f- a fucking demo. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, uh, but that, that's but that's awesome. You yeah, know? I mean, and so many creative outlets as yeah. well. I mean, it's know? the same for me playing with Crippled Black Phoenix. It's like a that's almost like a haven for me because I get to play more Pink Floydish kind of s- stuff. You know, it's there's no metal in there at all. I mean, there's a lot of heaviness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Justin, the main guy, Justin Greaves, he comes from Iron Monkey, and he used to he played with the Verrucas for a while, and he, he's played. Wow. Uh, like jumped in and did tours with like Bork Nagar and stuff like that that's some serious credentials yeah. uh, so I mean and his his vision when it comes to music he's also I mean I never like go <coughs> I knew I know all the time we make an album it's like it's gonna be great because I know he's a fucking idea the demos might go you go like what was he I don't know I don't hear a song in here you know but I know always that well, as soon as we hit the studio it's gonna be like this big grand songs you know that takes you somewhere yeah especially the last album now was more actually a real group effort when the whole band was in the studio we were like like juggling arrangement ideas and between each other and so a lot more people got involved more I think that's why the record but it's I think it's the best so I mean I was a huge fan of the band before I joined and but I think even though I play on the album it's the best album the band has made because it's it's just the feeling of it <laughs> despite you being on the album yeah yeah, yeah exactly I mean I, from, cool. from, I, personally I think that that's the best guitar playing I've ever done you know because I, right. I get to like do some fake Gilmore stuff you know <laughs> I'm nowhere near him but I, I try my best you know so it's yeah yeah but it's not, but it's not often you get to do something like that yeah. in, the, in, in the structure of a band yeah. and playing in a band like that makes I feel like I grow as a musician playing some completely different stuff than metal yeah because I'm not yeah. really a metalhead these days. I mean, I love it still, you know, all the old stuff I grew up with, but it's rarely that it comes out, that a metal album comes out that really knocks me off my feet. But at the same time, I still love playing it. I still, still love writing it. Yeah, I, yeah. and I, well, I, funnily enough, I, I normally do a, I normally do like a top five albums of the year. Yeah. Um, and this year, I had to make it a top three. Because yeah. <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I with, couldn't with find... With metal stuff. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't find five albums that that I've gone oh you know yeah. I've, I've really got to listen to that again I do a top um, 20 every year but that's very all around kind of music so mm. well no I mean I, to be honest not just metal I mean my top three my, num- my number one best album last year was um, uh, was Eminem yeah so it's like it's just whatever I'm listening to yeah um, and yeah I, I, I just thought it was okay it was a kind of like it's kind of poor year last yeah. year uh, my favorite album was Anna von Halswolf, her latest album. Who? <laughs> she's a Swedish. Uh, I mean, she's she's amazing. I call her. She's like the Swedish Kate Bush. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. She's she's so dark and weird, and uh, she. I think Randall Dunn uh, produced the album. Who works with Sun and bands oh, like right. that. Oh right. Okay. So, she she's like completely amazing, especially live. It's just uh, this power. She's this little blonde girl from Sweden who has all these artistic, like visions. 
Wow. Yeah. You look at her and go like, okay. And then you see her on stage. It's like, oh fuck you. Know, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna have to check something yeah. out. She's. I mean, she. You could probably lump her in with like Chelsea Wolf and that kind of. Um, uh, dare I say her name, Mirkir? But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, which I think I mean she's so boring it's just the clock stops just like, yeah. but I like Chelsea Wolf though but Anna has so, so much more like uh, like art in her it's, it doesn't seem fake you know it's, like, yeah. it's not like I'm doing this I'm adding this just to make it more like so people will like it she yeah. just, just does her thing and doesn't really care I think if people like it or not oh that's awesome yeah. well I and that's that's inspired me to send you um, we've uh, we've done a cover of a Suzanne Vega song and, uh, and she's on it uh, <laughs> she's on it she's on it yeah, yeah. I mean wow because I've been a fan of hers since yeah. I was like 16 yeah um, uh, yeah we sent her the demo and she was like I, I love this and then we recorded it for the album and I just sent her a message and she said look would you would you be up for uh, for just doing like one line at the beginning yeah. and she was like yeah absolutely yeah. so yeah we did it sent her it and she's like guys I love it and I'm just like <laughs> that's what? pretty cool yeah. oh man I've got my the, the very original conversation I had with her which is um, on Facebook Messenger yeah. I, uh, I screenshot it and framed it in, it's in my fucking house <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm just like what <laughs> and it's just like you know just opening up my email and seeing seeing you know seeing that name in my, it's like in my inbox yeah. it's just like insane you know and just getting getting to do things like that I'm, I'm glad that you know we if nobody if no one's interested in releasing this album and we'd never play another gig yeah. it's been awesome to come back and yeah. you know and experience what I've experienced and it's just, yeah it's just been brilliant and I can only imagine that so your experience with without the gates it's like it's like that times a million I mean you're getting to do stuff that you must have always dreamed of yeah I mean I've, I mean I've been playing in bands for th over 30 years but I've never done like no, no, I mean, when I joined Cripple Black Phoenix, I started doing, like, long tours right away. But not, like, touring this much when you actually don't need to work because you tour so much, you can't <laughs> You, you can't, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, for me, that's, I, I love doing it. You know, love touring. How was the How was the US? Have you done Have you done that before? Uh, no, that was my first, like, proper tour of the US. I mean, I played shows in the US, but yeah. not, like, done a tour. How was it? Uh, I love touring the US. I mean, there's so much. I prefer the US over Europe. I mean, I've done Europe so many times now, so it's yeah. Europe gets a bit like, oh yeah, I, I played this venue four times, like, so, yeah, with different bands. And, yeah. So. Oh, it's this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still like touring Europe, but I prefer doing it not in this time of year you know it's just what do you mean it's lovely out there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> storm yeah. Cyril or whatever yeah. it is yeah acid rain <laughs> <laughs> yeah it yeah. does it, it's yeah it's fucking horrible out there yeah. Um, yeah but in the US it was kind of you get, got all the seasons in one tour you know we got up to Canada it was full on winter and you get more like rainy Seattle but it was still warm you know so yeah and going down to LA which was really nice and I mean it's the same touring a place like that it's like I it's a I, lot of traveling as well though, yeah it's it? a lot of traveling but you, you also I mean for me it's like that whole thing was getting up every day just going out seeing like but I've never been because yeah. 
before, before this tour, I've only been to like a couple of cities, like mostly LA and San Francisco, New York. New York, the big yeah, cities, yeah, yeah, same here. And now you can get go to like these small, like hill, almost hillbilly towns, almost also, you know. Like, yeah. I, like I never played Minneapolis, you know. For me, Minneapolis is like, because I fucking love Huskydoo and Replacements and Prince and all that. It's just that town has just got so much music from it. Yeah. That's like legendary. Uh, so for me it was like oh this is the the record store that they all the it's still there and everyone bought records there and, uh, went around in Washington and like got stories about discord records and to me that in Seattle also went to the bar that like more or less the whole grunge scene hung out like all the bands Nirvana Pearl Jam and Mud Honey and everyone just yeah. hung out that that exact bar that's awesome yeah. so you see I, I, you see that that is you sound like me that's what i love about touring yeah. is getting out and well you know way back when when I was, we played stockholm it's like get out see the city yeah, yeah. i used to get that i used to get i used to get out um with a merch guy because yeah. he was exactly the same yeah. it's like might never come back here might, yeah. ne might, might never see this place yeah. you know might never see this town and also it is a way of getting just sort of getting away yeah. from uh, now also with like all the social media and stuff uh, facebook you get to know people so I had like like a lot of the cities I had people showing me around yeah yeah and going like you get to know people like on shows and whatever you know other bands when we played Portland I first oh, I was, Portland yeah oh man yeah. I so yeah, want to see the Portland city, yeah that was one of the cities that was like oh fuck I really want to go to Portland and so at first I hung out with this guy called Audrey Miranda who he, now he actually plays bass in Black Mountain also uh, which is also one of my favorite bands, but he he released his first solo record uh, two years ago now, and that was my it was top three for me best records that year. It was wow. just right. totally knocked me out, and I found him on Instagram, just wrote him a message, just like fuck, I just want to say I completely love the album, and it turns out he's this huge At the Gates fan, <laughs> so it's like. And he was like completely like shocked, like that I like, oh fuck, he loves the album, you know. So we started talking, and we uh, likes the same kind of music and all that. So it was like, oh, let's hook up when I'm in Portland. So when I met him for the first time, he's like the nicest guy. And before that, during the day, I went home to Matt Pike's house to get tattooed by his girlfriend. Oh man! In the garage, we're sleeping high and fire rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> So I got a septic death tattoo when I was. That's there. brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. The, doing that, those kinds of stuff on tour is that brings yeah. you back more memories. You know? But I, I think, but I also think it's, it's vital to do stuff like that yeah. because, like, you know, people who say people who say our oh, touring it's, it's fucking boring. Yeah, there are aspects of it yeah. boring, and that's the, and that is the uh, and that's the travel. Yeah. But you know, if all you do is sit on the bus and then go to the venue, yeah. and then go back on the bus, yeah, yeah it's going to be fucking yeah. boring. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you owe it to yourself to to get out and 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 see where you are and and look around. Because yeah. like you say, it's all getting get, yeah. get to do all stuff like that. Yeah. It's just. I mean, it, when we played fun. when we played Toronto, uh, a childhood friend of mine lives there, and I hadn't seen him. And like last time he was back in Sweden was like ten, ten, twelve years ago or something. Brilliant. And none of us have been actually. Just one of our friends have been there to visit him, and that was also ages ago. So he was like really psyched that someone he actually knew from back home. He was just coming like, oh, yeah. So it was really fun catching up with him and before the tour I went to LA just for a vacation before the tour starts because one of my best friends lived there and I was just I was crashed at his house just hung out and just 
do stuff with him and just relax before the tour, you know? Yeah. Because we'd done a grueling South America for almost three weeks before that. That's a long time in South yeah, America. Yeah, I mean, the, the actual... That's a long time watching yeah, you back. Yeah, actually, there was only like, I think it was 11 shows, but it turned out to be almost three weeks because of all the traveling. We needed, right, yeah. we needed days off yeah. in between just to like... But also, it's main. It's mainly flying South America yeah, as well, isn't it? Because you, you can't do no, the roads. We did one, like in between. I don't remember which countries it was where we were able to do like a van thing. Uh, we did that one, but otherwise, it was just flying everywhere. Yeah. So some of the flights were like, like going from Sweden to LA or like New York, like eight nine hours or whatever. Fuck. You know? That fucking continent is huge. You know? but, you must, but you must. So you must have played. So how, which countries do you play? Do you play? I mean, that sounds like yeah, you played pretty yeah, much we, every country. Yeah, we, no, we, we played like Mexico, Guatemala. Uh, you played Guatemala. Yeah. You, I, I mean, I've got coffee from Guatemala. That's about as close as. <laughs> <laughs> and like Colombia and Chile and uh, Argentina, Brazil. Yeah. That's, uh, that's some collection of uh, of places to yeah. have postcards from. That's yeah. for sure. And the the fans there are just. They're really intense and amazing. You know, it's like yeah. those shows are like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've had a few offers to go out there, but um, yeah. it's our, our agent always says like, you know, we get these approaches, yeah. and um, so what's it like? And said, so, well, you know, they say that they've worked with so and so and so and so and so. Yeah. so I was like, right, okay. So I've spoke, to, I've spoken to so and so and so and so. Yeah. So now, what do they say? And they said, well, you know, it was uh, it was an experience, yeah. and it's like they're obviously getting better. Do yeah. you want to be the next experiment? Yeah. You know, or do you just want well, to? They work are well? getting better. I mean, some fun memories from that tour when we played Bogota. Like everyone who's in the club at the show was outside waiting for us after the show. So, wow. Yeah. It was like, like a couple of steps between the door and the bus, and it took us like forty-five minutes to get to the bus because like everyone wanted to take pictures. And so it's proper, proper kind of like you know the Beatles kind of shit. Yeah, out there. I mean they're yeah. they're like somewhere. There were people waiting at the airport and stuff. It's not like Japan where people were. That was even. Uh, we got to the hotel. It was like fifteen people waiting for us at the hotel and or at the airport when we took the, the bullet train. Between Tokyo and Nagasaki. Uh, uh, oh, uh, I think no, Nagoya. Yeah, and we j just came there, and there were people waiting for us at the train station. <laughs> what, what, what is this? You know, yeah. like, Who's got the itinerary? Yeah. <laughs> Who leaked our plans? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. But it's uh, but again, getting to experience all those different cultures as yeah. well, and which is that to me is the the beauty of touring. Yeah. That's like I was in what was it, thirty seven countries last year. Wow. So it's like, oh You've kinda done a, you've done a few already this year, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> so it's for me that's the thing, you can actually sit down later on when you're older and stuff. Oh I've been to like all these places. I mean not all places you've actually got to see something. Yeah. Oh for different reasons there's no time or the weather like is complete shit so you can't really go outside or whatever, you know. But most most of the times you actually get to experience stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I, well, I, well, you do if you make the effort. Yeah. You know, it is possible to miss out on a lot yeah. of stuff. I mean, you know, I've talked with people who are just like, for want of a better phrase, fucking ignorant. Yeah. You know, and aren't interested. Yeah. And don't want to know. Yeah. And are bored out of their minds. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's the old phrase? Isn't it travel broadens the mind? Um, and 
it ha- you know it yeah, has for to. some travel bores the mind you know, so. <laughs> well actual actual travel yeah. yeah yeah sitting on a plane for 10 hours doesn't broaden the no, mind or, yeah or, i mean i don't mind the actual flying it's the the airports that get to me yeah yeah it's like oh they, well they're, they're like huge uh, motorway service stations yeah, aren't they they yeah. just they ex- yeah. they exist for and one people, reason people are idiots you know it's but, like yeah it's like uh, like half of the population that fly has never been in an airport before they don't prepare I'm more of I'm, since I fly so much it's like preparing is like key you know when going through security when checking in when yeah. boarding especially boarding you know it's like oh my god just like you're gonna take off three jackets when you're actually standing in the aisle. It's like, <laughs> and everybody's, uh, everyone's you, trying to get on the plane. Yeah, but were yeah. you born yesterday? That's yeah, like, <laughs> I know, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. I know exactly yeah. what you mean. And it's like, yeah, it's like we'll pay extra for speedy boarding now. Yeah, because it's just like, do you know what? Yeah. It's it's a tiny amount of money compared to having to wait with yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Just get on put your stuff yeah. away sit down yeah. and just be out of it yeah yeah. oh yeah there's just some yeah and then there's the, you know, people who haven't travelled before people who aren't very good flyers yeah. you know and it's like just fill themselves up with Valium and then want to talk to you yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know that one well, I, I mean when I flew to LA I ended up sitting next to this woman and after a while we started talking and she was like oh what are you doing in the US and I said oh first vacation then I'm going on tour and she was like oh what band and all that and then it turns out she worked for Epitaph Records for like eight years <laughs> brilliant yeah and we had like shitloads of mutual friends you know so. oh that's <laughs> awesome yeah she knew all the Swedish like the, the Swedish part of Epitaph the Burning Heart Records and she knew all those guys and so it's like, oh, well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, but again, that's what happens when you, you know, when you're open and when you yeah. talk to people, as opposed to just sit there, yeah. stick your, you know, stick your headphones yeah. in and you know, ignore everybody. Yeah. Um, which is most people's, you know, preferred yeah. version of uh, of flying. Yeah, I mean, it's the same when we flew to Mexico. I ended up next to two guys from Germany, who they were only like a whole company, maybe like ten people, going to give, uh, like, learn other people stuff you know in Mexico yeah and we ended up like drinking and getting drunk and they it ended up with them cutting us off <laughs> we had so much fun you know it's like you're having too much fun yeah and I was like oh it's, it's always nice to meet people you know so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then get cut yeah, off yeah. by the airport yeah. by the airline staff yeah. I was like oh you guys had enough for now <laughs> well, to be fair, they, 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 yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure they've seen it. Turn, and we were all like, ugly. we were like, it's okay, completely okay. Yeah, so, yeah. They then just, we actually, they, all of us, like, took a nap then, like, for an hour or two, and then it's like, oh, dinner is up. Well, I'll have a glass of wine. <laughs> then it was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, um, you've got you got this. You've got these few dates. Um, how long are you off before you back out again? Uh, it's mainly like short like stuff we're playing a festival in Sweden uh, first weekend of March and then after that we got Ukraine and Russia two shows in Russia and one in Ukraine and I mean that's the weekend only so right. that doesn't that's doesn't I don't even count I don't, I, I don't count it as touring like and, that, that's going that's, that's like just going to work for a week yeah, isn't it yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we do Roadburn we do because Thomas is curating Roadburn in Tilburg this year so we're doing a special show with like special guests. Is that the Nordlight? Uh, no, it's it, it's called Roadburn. No, yeah, but the venue in uh, Tilburg. No, it's called uh, uh, 
013 it's called right okay yeah. and uh, that's going to be very special uh, and that's going to actually take a lot of work for us because we're rearranging stuff we're doing stuff that the band has never done before so ah, right. it's very okay. interesting how did all that come about uh, mainly because Thomas is curating it and uh, I mean Thomas has been going to Worldbound for years and he's very good friends with Walter the guy who runs the festival I'm good friends with him too and he uh, Thomas has been in the cards for doing it for a couple of years but he ended up doing it this year and the thing with curating that festival you get you get this like amount of money where you get to choose bands that you want to play there. Oh, like, wow. That you think fit the bill for Roadburn. Yeah. And then always, because it's always musicians, and uh, the guy or woman, whatever, you know, who curates it, that the band that person plays in also always do like a special show. Yeah. So uh, we had to put our heads together, like, okay, what are we doing? We need to do stuff that we, the band has never done before, but we need to able to pull it off and we all need to feel comfortable doing it yeah yeah so that's special I'm and crippled by phoenix is playing also so oh right double duty again yeah. for you then but i mean because the band is crippled by phoenix is doing a tour uh coinciding with that show so but i can't make the tour because we've got the russian show right at the gates so i'm actually just gonna do some guest stuff on it and just play a few songs or whatever so just have some fun yeah that's awesome uh, we have that and after that we got Australia and New Zealand uh, for I mean it's going to end up with two weeks because you always need the, the days off yeah. flying there and yeah. all that but get some sun yeah that'd be nice I think that's like six or seven gigs I think I think it's six yeah then after that we don't have any tours we just have festivals all of the summer right the then, we, then the US like from end of September to end of October and then we do Europe Scandinavia after that Cool. You coming back to the UK? Most likely, yes. Yeah. Excellent. We don't have the the final routing for it yet. So. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. No, yeah. I will. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll do part two. Yeah. We'll do part two yeah. when you come back. Yeah. Um, I've just seen the time, and I've got a few questions to ask you from subscribers to yeah. to um, uh, to Patreon. So, oh, look at that! Fifty nine minutes and twenty seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jonas, thank you very much. Yeah. And. Thank you. I'm good. No, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm now going to ask you some questions. Yeah. So uh, how's that for an, an odd end to an interview? I'm now going to ask you some questions. Yes, you'd think that would be the beginning, but no, it is the end. Um, it's the end for you. For um, uh, Patreon listeners, sorry, not going to plug that again. Um, so as you heard, very enjoyable chat there. Jonas is um, uh, uh, just a top guy, um, really nice dude. They, he told me just after um, that interview that they were, they were going to be coming back to London. Um, uh, and it's for Boomtown. So if anybody is aware of this festival, it is fucking mental. Check it out. Boomtown Festival and just go and have a look at what it is and and the band's playing it is fucking mental um there's every kind of every kind of uh, genre that you can imagine is represented um from extreme metal to trance to you just just honestly I I cannot I can't do it justice by describing it to you on the podcast go and have a look for it Boomtown it is it yeah, it's just nuts. I mean, I I live in London. I didn't know it existed. I, I, I kind of think I did, but a few years ago, uh, it's clearly just mad. Absolutely fucking mad. So anyway, moving on. What is not mad? What's not mad is Phil Demmel 
fucking off out of Machine Head. Um, yeah, I mean, after all the after after all the initial. Um, uh, you know, sorries and respects and, and, and all the rest of it. Um, it's now starting to come out, isn't it, really? Um, basically, Phil has said, look, you know, it was it was essentially a, um, a solo band. He was told he couldn't point at the audience. He was told he couldn't mouth the words, uh, you know, mouth the lyrics. Yeah, it really did sound like it had become pretty unbearable. And as, and as, as he was saying as well, because they don't play festivals, and they're doing nights with Machine Head, so they don't tour with other bands. He said, literally, you just don't ever see anybody. So he spent three years in this, like, bubble of just the same people, the band and crew, and, and I think, you know, getting really getting really hacked off with not being able to speak to the press. Um, and I think, finally, you know, all said and done, he'd had enough. Um, and um, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't say he's been scathing, because I, I, I think he's really, he's said uh, only stuff that any of us have assumed that is that that you know Rob Flynn is a knob. <laughs> I mean, surely, when you're in a band, right, and and you know Rob Flynn's the only original member. Surely, when you're in a band and people keep leaving, and when they leave, they they say, and and you ask why they're leaving, and you say it's you. At some point. <laughs> Don't you think maybe not everybody else is wrong? You know, maybe I am doing something wrong here. Maybe I am the cunt. Maybe, just maybe, um, I'm, you know, I, I, I've not got my head screwed on here. What am I doing? Why am I driving these people away all the time? Why does this keep happening? You know, things like that. Questions that one would ask oneself when the same thing keeps happening over and over again, repeated, like people fucking off out the band. But then again, I mean, you know, Rob Flynn hasn't even got, like, you know, an alcohol or heroin-induced haze like Dave Mustaine has got. It's just basically, no, this is is Rob Flynn sober. Um, So I don't know what you do with... I, I don't know what you do with that. You know, I don't know if he's like, right, well... Let's make him a little bit more, um, uh, well, yeah, I was going to say hospitable isn't the word. You're not hospitable in a band. But um, look, anyway, him and the bass player, they're going to carry on. And apparently he's, um, he's posted on Instagram saying he's working on some, some new heavy tunes. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, some really, all, the, all the really interesting stuff about Phil Demmel um, in a couple of interviews there. And it is pretty much, like I said, everything you would expect to hear about Rob Flynn. Um I can, the thing about Rob Flynn's, I can just, I can just imagine him um, dealing with, um, you know, dealing with somebody leaving the band, like you know, in the full spirit of a Machine Head song. <laughs> what are you saying to me? It's just that kind of whole. He's always out of breath when he wanna fucking say something. It's. <laughs> It's just um, sorry. I've still got a sore throat from last week because I was performing with a cold. But um, it's that whole sort of. It's. I think it was, came about through new metal, didn't it? New metal and all this, like you know, this truncated breathing to to make you. I think you know, Jonathan Davis started it with this sort of you know, cats in a sack kind of thing. And then, um, and Rob Flynn, Rob Flynn's taken it to the uh, to the man um, hyperventilating into a into a plastic bag kind of territory. <laughs> 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 
10, 10, it's and I think there's there's just varying degrees of there's varying degrees of metal grunting and sighing and ah um, oh, what am I doing? What, what am I fucking doing? Um, right, oh that was near that was nearly another one, wasn't it? Uh, right before I completely uh, Rob Flynn myself to death. Um, I think it's time to get um, friend of the show, the first lady of Talking Bollocks, Otep Shamaya, on the show. It's been nearly three years since we did our, our last interview. Um, I tweeted her. She totally remembered it. Uh, re- she totally remembered me, guys. Um, it was really cool. And as you'll hear... Um, uh, starts off about the music business. Obviously, we get on to Trump um, and all sorts of bits and pieces. Really, really, really interesting uh, chat here. She's a fascinating woman with a lot to say. I've got a lot of time for her, and um, I hope you have too. Here is myself and Otep having a chat just a couple of weeks ago. Hello. How are you doing, man? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Well, well, thank you. Cool. I um, I there's. I know, I know what you're doing. Yep. I know you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, here we are. I, this is. I mean, I made it. Uh, yeah, three years, just short of three oh, years. Yeah, yeah. Man, I know. It's been it's been crazy to get over here. It's it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, which is strange. Yeah. Because it's to find a, a legitimate booking agency. Um, that will make sure that we can get back home. Yeah, sure I've that heard paid. that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, like the the last time, the first time that it was that uh, we, well, I can't remember now because there's so many. But the first or <laughs> second time we canceled within the uh, recent years was one. The guy said he couldn't put any money in escrow, which is normally what they do. They yeah. put half in escrow and then they give the other half to our booking agent in the states. Yeah. And he said he couldn't do that, but he was going to pay us out of a suitcase and hundred dollar bills, U.S. bills. Not euros, not, you know, just... What, what kind of person think that's, like, an appealing business to you? And then, like, every night in the back of a, a van, he was going to give me money. And I was like, well, if you have the money, you know, yeah. and so it yeah. just wasn't, it wasn't my managers nor my label would allow me to do it because they thought that it would be too, it would be too risky for us. No shit. So, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, 12,000 miles plus, for, plus, like, uh, you know, the, for And then the other one I think we had trouble with was uh, they, they didn't get any of our visas approved. So, which is again could, basic. Yeah, right. And we couldn't get, we couldn't, we weren't going to be able to get into different countries. We could only get into one at a time. And they said, "Oh, we're just going to tell them that we're tourists." And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be involved <laughs> in any. Yeah, of that. get deported halfway yeah. through the tour for right. working or without worse, a visa or worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending yeah, yeah. on the country. So, yeah. Um, we finally uh, were able to, through our our United States booking agent, we were uh, actually been able to get things sorted out and and. Uh, uh, I think right now they're actually scheduling us for something in the fall to come back. Oh wow! Awesome. So, yeah, that's the, really cool. The, the response has been so remarkable that they want us to come back. It's so. queue all the way around. I, I I was I felt like such an idiot as well. I'm just pushing past everybody in the queue. Uh, like, excuse me, and you can just like everyone's like, who's that guy? Who's yeah. he think he is? I hope somebody gets a video of it. That'd be great. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, and it's like you know, it's a freezing fucking Wednesday night, oh, and wow. you know, the people. And, are, queued around the block That's it's really amazing. really cool and we've, it's been like this even in some of the smallest towns we've played in some of the most obscure cities that I've never even heard of um, <laughs> and I'm kind of a you know geographic and historical buff especially because I I love uh, 
Europe. I was, my name's Otep. My mom was an Egyptian, you know, an archaeological scholar. So, you know, she yeah. taught me a lot. So even in some of the smaller places, we've had just such a remarkable turnout on Sunday nights when it's the snow's, you know, as tall as I am. And it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. you know, they still, it's been... It's very humbling, and it's a. It feels it's. I'm very grateful, and it's a truly. Um, I guess a, it, in a blessing in many ways to to see people appreciate the words I write and the things that I stand for, and yeah, you know, it's why though, you do it. Yeah, so it's it's why we do this, and and I, I, I just to see, just to see you there with some like you know, it's, you know, people are, mm. people are on the verge of tears or, mm. or crying, and they you know people mm. coming from Sweden, yeah. you know. Um, I, that 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 alone I'm, is just that's rewarding, and you know, oh, it's it's yeah. touching. It's it's you know. it means more than anything. You know, I'll I'll, I'll never win a, a BAFTA or a Grammy or anything like that, but I'll yeah. have that. You know, I'll yeah, absolutely. That. And that's something that that you know is is more uh, well is more important to me than than any award or anything. So you know, I mean, I never. I come from very meager means, you know, we, we were raised very poor and, and so no one raises you to be prepared for this kind of thing, you know. Hmm. And yeah. I was very young when I started the band and we got signed after four shows and so suddenly I'm just in the spotlight and I've had to kind of grow up in the spotlight and, and learn about the music industry and watch it through all its phases, you know, from being, you know, uh, yeah, the, the Tower of Babel to being just you know in the rubble that it's in now. So, um, and to be able to stay relevant and to uh, understand how to you know to bifurcate your your own mind from being artist to, to something uh, to the business side of it, so that you can um, maintain some level of um, uh, just success and and. and I say success, maybe that's not the right word, but just be able to survive. Well, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, um, there's a there's a song on the uh, song on the last therapy album called "Success?" Mm. Question mark. Success is survival. That's right. And, and yeah. you know what he's talking about, that's you right. know. And it is success is yeah. another album and mm-hmm. a, another tour, and to be I mean, able to keep. Some people, success is just another day. Is another day. It's another day on this planet. You know. Every day above ground. That's right. And, yeah, and, absolutely. And you know, we get that a lot with our music too. You know, a lot of people say like the 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 couple that flew in from Sweden they're originally from Iraq and so yeah and so she said um, uh, she said because of some family connections she's not allowed in the US so this is the only way that she can see us wow and uh, you know that so she's like I'm coming and so they they booked a flight booked hotels and they came so that's awesome it's really amazing and um, I was telling them you know it's it's been we've been out for I think three weeks I think and to be out of America and I know every every country's got their thing I I know where you go with this (laughs) every country's got their thing but but to uh, not have to uh, to see that that orange you know face and hear that mouth and the the, just the nonsense that comes out of it do you know know what Um, I remember when we did the last interview Mm -hmm. it was you'd seen it and I hadn't seen it yet because of the delay between Mm -hmm. when it's aired was the John Oliver show Mm -hmm. where he first took the piss out of Trump's small hands Mm -hmm. 
that is, and that's exactly when we spoke last because I remember you telling me about it. And so I'm like, well, you know, it's it's it, the, the sh I get to see the show like you know mm -hmm. two days late, right? And I so I was just like, oh my god. Of course, now it's just like it's just blowing up. It's like something that everybody knows. You know, everybody people knows. Talk and about, he you know. and he literally still does this. He <laughs> yeah. still talks about it. He's 72 yeah. years old. He's yeah, but he's a baby. He's 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 a, he's a, he's a fucking giant baby. baby man. Yeah. He. I mean, just recently when he was talking about. Uh, I mean, he's first of all he's. He shut down our government, put 800,000 federal workers tantrum. Out, yes, out of a tantrum. Yeah. And then he said on live TV, which I don't think he understands how live TV works. No. Uh, you know, his father got dementia in his 70s, so we're thinking that that's a thing. And so we have an uh, there's a there's a clause in our constitution where if the president is too ill or mentally uh, unable to do unfit to do uh, his duties they can remove him but uh, the problem is is that the Senate is still owned by the conservative party which is the party of Trump yeah. so they're not going to do anything but then Senate elections are coming up pretty soon so um, we might be able to get rid of him do you know quickly. what I, the thing is I um... but he said the other day he said um, so he said you know it's all about border security and all this anti-immigration stuff which is nonsense because his 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 the thing that that what I, I don't like about uh, uh, white culture in America, and I'm I'm a white person, yep. right? She is, folks. For those Thank listening, you. everybody is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but my family came from Ireland many many years ago. Yeah. So we in America they 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 separate races by their uh, as an American, so African American, Indian American, yeah. Asian American, except for white people. They don't say white American, or if they do, they lump everybody together as a white American. And then you say, well, what is a white American? What is that? What, what is that? Uh, you know, cargo shorts and Crocs and an obsession with uh, cross burnings. Yeah, and, yeah college football and, and yeah, stuff like uh, that. Dancing with the stars or like, or what is a white American? I'm someone with a melanin yeah. deficiency. I mean, what is it? You know, no, you're. It's definitely you're, somebody who's not indigenous. That's for that's, sure. That's right. And that's the only, that was, those are the only people, the Native Americans, the Native nations, the indigenous people, they're the only people that don't need an indicator of who they are or where they come from. Yeah. Everybody else does. So we are essentially European Americans if we're going to if we're going to continue down this line yeah. and that's that's I've been I've been trying to uh, I, I bring this up a lot in a lot of different interviews because I think that it's important and in a lot of ways because I think that's when we start to see the rise of white supremacy that that Trump likes to uh, brag about then he says he's not for it but he is and but yet all of the people that he hires for his cabinet are all white supremacists but um, what is white supremacy what is that it, it doesn't make any sense it's it's you know you're well, it's, so, the, it's the status quo isn't it really sure it was, I guess and but at the same time that there that means their history starts like right around the Civil War you know they don't have any sense of themselves before that yeah so if you give them that if you say okay so you're a European American where did your people come from like Trump's people came from I think Germany his grandfather actually got kicked out of Germany because he refused to join the army didn't he have a, didn't he have a, he's got a relative in Scotland as well hasn't he he, uh, he does yeah yeah he does. He's and, like, all, and two of his wives are immigrants too by the way his oh, first yeah, well wife, yeah. Oh, yeah and then he cheated on Mel her Melania with, uh, yeah he cheated uh, he cheated on his first wife with his second wife which was an American then he cheated on her with his third wife Melania so uh, and then I think he cheated on his uh, current wife with his daughter Ivanka so um, I, I I, I genuinely think as well I, he got I, he's got more and more Christian 
since he started running for office and I, I, I genuinely think he's basically just gone for the like you know oh, to, to solidify the absolutely. vote um, and, and he's just going conservative Christian right sure and, and, and trying they, to sew up the hypocrisy uh, you know. there is ridiculous because when President Obama was in office the evangelicals went crazy because he wore a tan suit that's literally what they were upset about. Yeah. Not, you know, imagine if, if President Obama, like Trump, had five children by three different wives. Yeah. Okay, now put that image in your mind. You know, a biracial do, man. Do I, do I have to? Right? An African-American <laughs> man, but he's biracial, but, you know, by all, by all accounts, they, they call him African-American. Um, an African-American man with five children by three different wives. He wouldn't get elected dog catcher. And you look, no. same thing with Hillary Clinton. Five children yeah. by three different men. Same thing. What would they? What would they call her? What, oh, oh I think we know exactly. We do. Yeah. And so they give him a pass on that, you know. And so he's really embedded himself, especially with vice with his vice president Mike Pence, who's, who's. Uh, oh God. That guy who calls his wife mother. It's, um, it's the only saving. It's Trump's only saving grace is that he's keeping Pence out of the out the chair. Well, I think I think Pence is doing it's uh, working behind the scenes because I think he knows that Trump's not long for office. So, yeah. but Pence doesn't I'm not worried everyone's worried about Pence in America because he's so anti he's so homophobic. And um, well, he's he's anti-science. He's anti he's like everything, you yeah. know, because he 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 puts his his faith or whatever it is, you know, like religion's a choice, like science is not, you know. <laughs> like yeah. it's well it's, said. You know, well and said. so um but he doesn't have the same, you know, like this last record I wrote is called Cult 45, which is yeah. resident chump, as I like to call him. He's the 45th resident of the White House. So, um, uh, but that that's, uh, he, Pence doesn't have the cult that Trump has. He doesn't have that same yeah. vigor. He doesn't have that cult of personality, no. does he? No, he's not a reality TV star. That's, Absolutely, that's, yeah. That's, that's the, you know, the thing is, is what I find hysterical is when some of his supporters will come to my Facebook or they'll come over to my social media and they'll tell me that I shouldn't have an opinion when they voted for a D-list reality TV star <laughs> yeah. whose show got canceled because he was so terrible at it, you know, yeah. or that he would ever be someone who was a job creator when his, when his show was based around firing people. Yeah. And that was his tagline. You're fired. And this so, the, this entitled billionaire who says he's gonna he's, he's gonna he's gonna fight for the average American person. No. He, he he doesn't even know any average would, American people. I, you know, it, no, he doesn't. And I, I I would like if the next time if if he survives to uh, to the next uh, ele uh, presidential elections and they they actually do get to debates, I'd, I'd like to ask him like how much is a box of diapers? You know, yeah. what is it? What what does a gallon of milk cost or a loaf of bread? Yeah. gallon of gas he might know that because of his pals in the oil industry but you know ask him simple questions that people you know what is it what's you know what's the normal uh you know car car note or, or an automobile note you know yeah. how much how much is that you know ask him ran or how a bill becomes a law in america like ask him <laughs> like those questions you know what you know ask him ask him things that are based on civics you know and that's i think we've seen that happening for a long time coming from the conservative side where they want a, a they want to dumb down the population yeah, because they've started yeah. to remove civics from schools so you don't know how your uh, how our government works you don't understand how people get elected they don't understand the electoral college which is based on you know uh, basically it was created to help slave owners you know and the fact that he lost 
by the historic numbers, three million people. He lost the popular vote by three, almost three yeah. million votes, and won the electoral college by seventy-seven thousand. So if I gave yeah. you three million or seventy-seven thousand, which one are you going to take? The fact that we still have the electoral college is, is I think, an abomination to what we, you know, Americans like to say is, you know, we're the bastion of democracy when we've now we have. Uh, a president who who licks Putin's boots, who, you know, is saying that, you know, the leader of North Korea is his best buddy. I mean, and, and, he won't, and he won't point the finger at the, the Saudi powers over Khashoggi. No, over, absolutely and, not. And, but, and, and again, it's like step one, dictator, uh, discredit the media. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's even saying, like, yeah. get your news, get your news, get your fact from your president. That's it's right. Like, yeah. How fucked up is that? And that's, and that's you exactly, know? you know, the, the type of thing that... that true tyrants and, and true despots say yeah and and he wanted they actually tried uh to start sort of a state controlled media for a while and it got shut down pretty quickly because first no one wanted to watch it because it was terrible and in fact the only they kind of do have one it's called fox news but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's That's a bit of satire there <laughs> and, and but in and the, the the truth is that at what time when when president obama was in office it was the largest cable news as far as um uh, viewership now yeah. it's it's the least. But what about yeah. the what about the famous? I mean, even Fox News couldn't take his um, I, the the whole rush wood. I meant to say what I mean. Yeah. Really, I yeah. mean that you know the, ca- the cabal of geniuses. Tell you what, go out there and just tell them that you meant to say wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know. I mean, and, and th- that's that's the thing. Is if if I was someone who didn't understand how to run a country like he doesn't he doesn't understand how to run a country you can't run a country the same way you run a business it's just not yeah it's just that's just not how it works because um businesses are disposable you can break them apart you can sell pieces away people are People, People are know. disposable as well. Well, you know, they're, and they're, employees, not, they're not supposed to be, but yes, you know. But, but let's that's, face it. But that's you know. but that's what you know. The basis of being a leader of a country is, is that you know you're supposed to care from the bottom up, not the top down. Yeah. And that's every Republican and every conservative that's ever been in office. They always go top down, not bottom up. And we are a bottom up country, and that's just uh, something that he doesn't understand as well. And luckily, you know, w- what we just had uh, was this remarkable, remarkable movement. Uh, the women's wave, uh, where we had you know 100 women elected to Congress uh, on the 100th anniversary of the suffragette movement, where women earned the right to vote. Um, in fact, at his State of the Union address, you know those new uh, the Democratic women wore white in honor of the suffragettes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Trump was victim to possibly the most sarcastic applauding I've ever oh, yeah. ever seen. Yeah. Well, his daughter <laughs> Tiffany wore white as well. Did you know that? No. Yeah, which no. is his middle daughter with his American wife uh, she right. wore white as well which I think is kind of a you know a little bit of a fuck you to him so um, but you know it, it, I think he met his match in Nancy Pelosi uh, because yeah. as, as much as people uh, the conservatives and the Republicans have spent a long time diminishing women in, in all forms of power in politics and they did it to Hillary Clinton and as much as people like to call her Hillary and they believe all these ridiculous um, conspiracy theories about her she's by just by the numbers she's the most qualified person male or female to ever run for office ever 
And she did win. She won. She absolutely won. And she's the legitimate president of the United States of America. But Nancy Pelosi also has done more for this country than than most people, you know, um, will ever dream of doing. And it, she could quit anytime. She's uh, at an age where she could she could go and spend time with her grandchildren, or I don't know if she has great grandchildren at this point. Um, but she doesn't. She stays to help uh, Americans and to help our our country. And uh, Nancy knows the uh, Speaker Pelosi, I should say, knows um, you know the Constitution. She knows the rules that we have. Uh, she knows that we have three co-equal branches of government. There's no there's, the president isn't above Congress and. The Supreme Court isn't above the president. It's three co-equal branches. And in order for anything to get done, he has to now uh, deal with that co-equal branch. Whereas before, when it was owned by the Republicans, both houses of Congress owned by the Republicans, they just licked his loafers. You know, and so now we've got Mitch McConnell on the other side, and uh, he's not long. For, I don't think he's long for his office either in the Senate. So if we get a democratically owned Congress, then um, you know he's 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 pretty his his administration is pretty much done because Mike Pence is already in trouble because he lied to the FBI yeah. because. That's a felony. But he's just one of the many, isn't he? I right. mean, this is this, I, unfortunately, stupidly, I follow I follow Trump on on on, on Twitter oh, I don't know how on you two do of it. my I accounts. Do I, well, I I also end up getting I, I'm amazed by Trump supporters mm. um, when you. And well, it should be. It's like do, yeah, there's a lot of bots. There's a lot of bots. Yeah, but yeah. do do not engage is like I, I try, but it's it's so hard sometimes because. It, yeah. But the, it, it always brings to mind that phrase: you can't argue with stupid. Well, but then it's also you know? it's also important though, uh, and and it was um, it was uh, uh, I think it was Hillary Clinton's daughter who said that you know. She used to walk down the street and people would heckle her sometimes, you know, after after her, her mother lost to Trump. And she it, it, it used to ignore it. But then that would leave this void of yeah. them feeling like they won. Yeah. Or they feeling like they were right or they, they were correct in their information. And then she started to stand up to them and correct them. And then that void shrinks every time. Because yeah. we have to remember that... Um, uh, you, there is, there is, there is such, such a thing as invincible ignorance, and there is such a thing as mental illness, right? So that people, yeah. and and a lot of those people follow Trump, and um, they want to feel superior. They felt inferior. I mean, we could go back to the to the civil rights movement and watch those young teenagers who were throwing milk and and at at uh, when we desegregated schools at African Americans when they were led into uh, the schools. We can look at those. Uh, European Americans, those uh, white Americans, yeah. and say, what happened to them when they were teenagers? Where did they go? Well, they grew up and they became Trump supporters, obviously. Yeah. You know, many of them did. Some of them, I'm sure, repented. Um, but at, at the same time, um, I think that it's important that you do argue. You may not win against someone who is invincibly ignorant. Yeah. But you're gonna, but you will pollinate someone else. And that's what I've done. People ask, why do you engage so much with, with people who just disagree with you so vehemently and, and are so vicious? Because the people, the, the people that believe uh, in the same way that I do suddenly begin to learn how to deal with that kind of stupidity. Yeah. And they feel emboldened and empowered enough to do it. And it's, and it's been amazing to see uh, in, in the very beginning of Trump's, uh, when he was selected, uh, Dasvidanya, uh, when he was selected, um, 
how you know how quiet you know the 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 majority was, which is the people that voted against him. Yeah. Um, and then and now you see it, and it was in it and it followed it it has followed the the Bush you know years in a way very very closely, and that I was against Bush, supported the troops. I come from a military family, you know I can't help that. About, um, yeah. But it, it's 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 become similar in that um, you know. I, I did the same thing. I had to. I had to stand up for my beliefs and the things that I say. Uh, and then you started to see other people starting to join in because they felt emboldened, they felt empowered, and also they understood how to engage with these people, how to debate with them, and have a discourse based on facts, not just yep. on, you know, re reactionary opinions. Well, I, from an international perspective, I never thought I'd see the day where I'd see George Bush Jr interviewed on TV and think wow that's a statesman like right. well read guy I know you know well I, <laughs> we I, I mean I, I, would, I would take I mean unfortunately you know I was never I was never I still am not a fan of Cheney or or uh, George W. Bush but I would take them over in a with, hobby in a in, twice yeah. on Sunday you yeah. know like it is it is so, because at least you know they knew they knew how to they were they game the system for sure but they knew the government they knew how to do it and they also knew uh the laws and also they didn't commit treason you know yes. they didn't sell us yeah. out yeah. yeah they didn't do that you know they they may have violated all kinds of, of human rights and, and 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 all kinds of other uh things and uh, that war crimes and so forth that they were that they got away with but they did not you know the same thing with when when they do the nixon comparisons okay nixon was a crook nixon was corrupt but he was ours you know he didn't sell us out to the chinese he didn't sell us out you know to the russians or to you know uh to the uae or anybody else you know well as the I, I saw a documentary um recently in the uk um which uh, the funnily enough trump family um refused to have anything to do with mm -hmm. about but it was also it was about a period in his life when when he was living in new york he was attending a lot of parties mm -hmm. um there were a lot of women paid to be at these parties mm -hmm. there was a lot of sex parties mm -hmm. and there was a lot of women uh well women slash sure. girls yeah. of questionable ages yep. and um yeah his friend you know, actually went to prison because of that the, the the guy that that would throw those parties he went to prison because he was he's a convicted pedophile and trump attended those parties and the, the thing with the, the thing with a, a career politician like mm -hmm. a bush or or, or or a clinton for that matter is mm -hmm. that is that very early on they realize that's what they're going to do um and so you know did he inhale or not or whatever they right. they 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 live their lives within certain boundaries because they know one day that it, could, it can come back sure. whereas trump i mean this was a book tour mm -hmm. this was a fucking this was a book tour yeah. wasn't it you know well, there's and there's a there's a great documentary on netflix uh at least it's available in america called active measures and if you watch that, it'll it, it's it will, I, it'll it, it's either going to infuriate you, uh, or <laughs> yeah, it, probably yeah, it make it, or at the same time it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna solidify most everything that you believe or that you think is true, um, because um, the same things that Trump did in America during his campaign, the Russians did in Crimea, they had uh, they had a similar. Trump-style candidate against a female candidate, they would chant, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up, and when he won, he did actually lock her up yeah. for, for a number of years. Um, and so they, they tried to use that same sort of principle in America, and unfortunately, you know, there was uh, enough gullible folks that, that fell for it, but then 
all, we have to remember there were also you know three million more people who didn't yeah yeah absolutely and yeah, that's yeah. and that's where we have to re you know remember that when people say how how violent his his cult is and so forth is that um they're they're small but they're loud and we can be a lot louder well i think um uh yeah you know this the squeaking wheel gets the oil mm -hmm. you know that's right. um and, and you know not not trying to be superior or anything brexit um, sure. but from an international point of view that you know i the, 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 you know, you, Obama was such a statesman-like figure, yeah. you know, and uh, I mean, you know, my, my mum's 83 mm. and we, we watched a David Letterman interview with Obama mm -hmm. and it was like about 10 minutes into it, she turns to me and goes, I, I've always liked him, mm -hmm. I, I do like him, mm -hmm. you know, she thinks Trump's insane, mm. you know. Um, and it's just, it was, it was like, and, and you, you go back just a few years and you hear, you know, you hear people saying, you know, when, when, when Obama got voted in, you know, the real sense of hope for yeah. the first time. And this was, a, this was a, a you know, a, a watershed where, moment. That's right. And where we were coming from with uh, how George Bush had run the economy almost into the ground. And, he, and now Trump's taking credit for everything that was put in place. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's the thing, what we're, what we're starting to see now is, you know, um, it took Obama, uh, you know, two to three years to repair a lot of what the Bush Cheney did to administration did to our country. So now Trump is coasting on the goodness and and all the good things that President Obama did. Yeah, uh, and claiming that it's and all claiming his work. Is. But yeah. now and then, so it's like it was Obama's military. That was Obama's you know economy. That was Obama's you know everything. And now. It's going to be, it's going to start to, unless, you know, Robert Mueller gets him out of there soon, unless, um, you know, or Congress does it, um, because now the, uh, the House, which is again owned now by the liberals and the Democrats, they, they, they have, they own the purse strings, they, as far as budget, so he can't get anything passed with, through that. Also, um, they own all the Judiciary Committees, so they can actually investigate everything. That he can't hide, even if he decides to stop Robert Mueller's special investigation, he can't stop Congress from investigating him or pulling his tax returns or anything. Well, he's so. still he's still got to answer to um, he's still got to answer to the um, uh, to that lady who's doing him for um, sexual harassment. Oh, absolutely. And There's he keeps 25. and he keeps trying to push that mm -hmm. push that back. And, well, and the but, fact that or even the fact that he after he was elected, he had to pay twenty five million dollars in for because he was convicted of fraud. Because of his fake university, never same, released. It still hasn't released his tax returns. Right. The same thing happened just recently with his charity. That that was forced to close because it was he. It was it was proven that it was fraud. And now they're looking at his inaugural campaign, where foreign money. It's illegal in America. I don't know uh, how how it is in other countries, but it's illegal in America for foreign countries or people yeah. from other countries to put money into an, uh, a, a an American, electoral campaign because yeah, that right. makes total sense. That's right. right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he got a hundred million dollars or something for his inaugural campaign and they don't know where the money went or who and it came from. And he always claimed that he was funding it himself as well, which he that's wasn't. Right. Or in that Mexico was going to pay for the wall and all this other thing. Oh, yeah. oh, I didn't mean write an actual that's check. Right. So what, what, what the fuck did you yeah. mean then? No, you know, and it's funny because, you know, there's a joke, there's a song going joke and, uh, um, and I I really, I would, I would hope that that the the president of Mexico would do it. Is that if Trump actually does, he said oh, the wall just got ten ten feet higher every time. You know, he'd, yeah, he'd get yeah, booed yeah. or something. I I hope that uh, 
the uh, the president of Mexico would build a ladder on the other side, absolutely, or like some, yeah. you know, a, a nice elevator or something. You yeah. know, it's like, what are you going to do? Invade Mexico? I mean, come on. You know, and, it's just, uh, well, yeah, well, and that's what he's trying to do now with Venezuela. Is like he's really trying, oh, which he normally would side up with, like a, you know, the dictator there. Like that's that's his guy. Like just perfect. It, oh, Bra- and and Brazil's next after that. Yeah. I mean, what a sack of shit. It, yeah. That guy totally. is. Oh my god. And the guy from the Philippines too. Oh. It's ridiculous. So. But, and, and that's what's really disappointing is that Trump seems to have like it's almost like a pack of cards well like a like dominoes all yeah. of a sudden you know people it's almost like it, it, um, him winning that election it, it, you know vindicates other hideous human beings well, to, and, to, and to it's pick every, up it's every and, well it's what it's doing is it's weakening America so that Russia can become a superpower again and that's what's that's the reality of it I might get poisoned now, but uh, <laughs> well, you're in, well, you're in the right country for that. Wonderful, yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, no, and that's the thing is, uh, you know, American journalists have been attacked, you know, and, oh. and and other journalists have been attacked around the BBC world. BBC journalists uh, atta- 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 right. attacked um, yeah. yesterday at, at Trump's um, at Trump's rally. Oh, BBC was right? cameraman was, oh, was attacked. The whole thing's it's on YouTube. It's on Twitter. Oh, I'll look it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, look out for it. Uh, I'll, no. I'll, I'll, I think I retweeted it, so I'll, I'll okay. retweet it at you. Please do. Um, that's insane. Yeah, um, and and he does that on purpose. And yet, and yet, you know, then he claims that you know we need to we need to relax and 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 whenever the uh, the liberals stand up to him, then he says, oh, they're so violent, they're so violent, and that's 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 typical, you know, dictator playbook, you know, right the, out of it. He's just a fucking child. Yeah. Just, well, I mean, at the State of the Union, what did he say? Uh, we're going to beat ISIS in in a week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, really? And the entire, yeah. the entire, in all the regions ISIS is in. One and there's, there's more people here than there was for Obama. No, yeah. there isn't. Yes, yeah. there was. Yeah. Because the pictures. No, no. They've been doctored. Doctored. And, and he said that he was going to really? do that for the first hundred days. He was going to defeat ISIS. He didn't. Yeah. And now he says he's going to do it in a week. Now he's pulling out of Syria, which of course benefits the Russians because that benefits Assad. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that that people attacked Hillary Clinton on was that she wanted to build a um, uh, a safe zone for refugees inside Syria, uh, no fly zone. So that any 1980 Russian MiG that might try to fly over and cluster bomb a bunch of civilians like they've been doing would get shot out of the sky by the United States military. And um, uh, they, of course, that, that's not what Putin wanted. I mean, you know, they, you know, everyone has this idea, I think, especially in America, they, they watch too many movies. They see, you know, the, from the Soviet Union days, they still think that they're that kind of a military power when they're not. They, they have one aircraft carrier that runs yeah. on diesel that has a fueling ship that follows it. You know, all we have to do is chase them in circles until they <laughs> blow their, blow, wait, just blow their fueling ship out of the, out into the, to the bottom of the ocean and chase them in circles as they run. This is a great cartoon image. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, they, and, and they don't even have that really cool, like rubber band thing that shoots the planes <laughs> off the end. It's a, it's a skateboard ramp. So I mean, <laughs> That's you know. exactly what I call it as well. It's that, yeah. that rubber band thing. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. you know, if, and so if the playa doesn't get enough torque, he's, he's going in the drink. I mean, it's like, it's just ridiculous. And the fact that, that, that people, um, they've they've made them so that they're 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 you know, they're not smart enough to know these things. They're not uh, uh, informed enough to to know these things. Yeah. And so um, everything that he's done by destroying our traditional alliances, by try- wanting to pull out of NATO, that's that's something that Putin has yeah. wanted us to do for a long time. Yeah. That is to put the, Putin into power. I'm ruined. And, and ruined the um, ruined the uh, agreement with Iran. Yeah. As well. It's just ridiculous. It's like, but you agreed to this. Yes. It's like that just undermines what. Why ever sign an agreement with the U.S. ever again? It's and, yeah. and that's why you know whoever is 
running, whoever becomes the next president, I know that it will definitely be a Democrat. It might even be a, a woman this time uh, because uh, people are, are, I think, have a little bit of voter's remorse uh, in some ways, but also because there's a lot of really strong, powerful women, just like Hillary Clinton was. She was she was probably the, the best candidate. I, uh, if she ran, I'd, I'd, I'd vote for her again. But um, I think she just, I think, unfortunately, she was she was also really hamstrung by the fact that she represented, she represented nothing's going to change. That's that was the perception she well, but she represented again, to people who aren't doing people, well you know? well yeah three million people voted yeah. for let's continue to go and she actually did saw you know she worked with bernie sanders on developing the new democratic platform which was going to be medicare for all which is you know socialized medicine which is like you know supposed like to be, that's a bad thing it's so terrible it's like oh really <laughs> yeah. look what, look after look after your people in america like do you do you only pay the fire department if they burn, if your house is on fire no you pay the fire department in case your your neighborhood's on fire your community because that's we're a nation we're we, we are a, a, your city your country you know your state whatever you know that's that's what it's for the police department do you only pay them like you write them a check when something happens to you no of course not you know and that's the same thing with libraries and community hospitals and so forth you know um the idea that that uh socialized medicine was such a terrible thing was because the insurance companies were going to lose yeah. a lot of money and then the and the for-profit hospitals were going to lose a lot of money and well you know and so um I think that she was also hamstringed by, you know, no disrespect to uh, Tim Kaine, but I think that he was a very weak vice presidential candidate. I think she should have chosen someone who was stronger. Um, and uh, but I think the next person that that is that will win is going to uh, quickly erase everything that he's done. And hopefully they'll do like the ancient Egyptians did, and they'll just like chisel his face off of everything, and yeah. we'll have we'll have we'll we'll never. You know, we'll never speak of this again. We'll never speak of this again. It'll, just, it'll just be like a part of American history. It's like, what between those years and those years? Nothing. It's like, uh, you know, the fact that he doesn't care about his own family and what he's doing to the legacy of his family. Yeah. You know, and what what they're going to be left with, because if they if if if. Uh, because uh, presidents can't pardon state crimes; they can only pardon federal crimes. So if the states go after his his companies and they shut them down then his children are broke. Yeah. You know, they all, it's a family business. That's why he's never been in, in 14500 or anything. But it's a failing business it as is, well. It is, it's absolutely. It's he's a brander. Just, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and that's, what's it, that's what's great about um, that, that documentary, Act of Measures, is that his announcement where he came down that stupid escalator um, was was fake. It was He wasn't really wanting to run for president. He had gotten fired from his reality TV show, and he wanted to show the producers and the uh, and the executives at NBC or, who, or ABC or whoever it was on that um, he still had the, the power of the camera. Because, he's, then, because, yeah, because he's a big child. And then it, because they paid all those people. All those people were paid to be there. And then... Uh, it, when he made his announcement on that escalator, all those people were paid to be there. They went and grabbed him off the streets of New York and said, hey, put this T-shirt on, we'll give you some money. And, and then all of a sudden, people said, hey, this is, they, they like you, they want you to run. Some people are really excited about it. Like, you know, they're taking their hoods off the Klan, you know? And, uh, and so uh, uh, he was like, shit, I guess I gotta run. So <laughs> he did, and you know, uh, and here he, we are. He, he, and here we are, unfortunately, yeah, so. Oh. 
So, um, yeah. changing tack slightly, um, okay. how is Sir Francis Bacon? Oh, Sir Francis Bacon is lovely. Thank you yeah, so much. Is, is he going to be I missing miss you? Oh, he misses me already. When you've, I was, been, you've been on the cameras. I, I have, and I, 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 when I was packing my bag, I have, I have, when I go on tour in the states, I have a dog bag, and I didn't bring their dog bag out, so he got Ooh. in my bag. Right. And I've got a, I posted a picture of it on my Instagram and he's just looking at me with these big eyes and I mean I just I was weeping. I was like, I'm so sorry, son, I can't take you with me. Uh, luckily I've got I've got someone who um, loves him very much and he loves her very much. So they Oh take, good. So take, he's not he's not like an adult. No, and I have, and that. also my, my older, um, smaller but very uh, ballsy chihuahua oh, yeah she is she is she doesn't know she's a chihuahua no she has no clue she <laughs> thinks she is a, a rottweiler or something but she's um uh she also knew like she could tell and she got very depressed and so i was i felt pretty bad about leaving but um you, I'll be home soon. And you've got that whole readjustment period as well when you get back when they're kind of like, hmm, you've left. I know. That, you don't get any love real. just yet. That is real. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Will, they will probably stay in my guest room for a while until I get back because that's where they've been. Until, they, until they feel like they can trust you again. Because mm-hmm. yeah. like you come back, well, you might go again tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I know. Right? Yeah. yeah. They, and so, but you know, that's one thing about, you know, animals and that's another reason why I'm, I'm a moral vegan is that uh, they have some, they just have this unconditional love in them that, you know, that they, you know, there's, there's no grudges or anything, you know, really. Not really. Well, well, Not really, see, you know. <laughs> We've got the unconditional love of, um, of pets and the unconditional love of, of audiences every mm, night. Indeed. I mean, and I, as yeah. a performer myself, I know all about that. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, you're over here. How long are you in Europe for? Because I know you've, 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 you're you've on a cultural, <laughs> cultural excursion, indeed. aren't you? Uh, we leave the, uh, the 28th. I think with the the, the the last day of February, so we're here the entire right. month of February. Right. Okay. Cool. And you've got. And we're playing almost every day. We've been here. Well, uh, well, you've, haven't you got three shows in the UK, but you've got a day off between each. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't know. To be honest. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you I have. Don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. You have to. Okay. Just done my research. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I think I think you're off tomorrow. Then it's show day. Then you're off tomorrow. Oh, show lovely. Day. Oh, great. So so you know, get out, have a walk. Oh, okay. you know, I'd love enjoy, to. Yeah. Enjoy the old country. I would, I would like to see it. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you getting over to Ireland at all? Not this time. We're going to Scotland though. So. Right. Okay. I've got some. I've got a, a little bit of Scottish blood in me. So. Whereabouts are you? Whereabouts are you in Scotland? Um. I have to. I'd have to. I'd have to ask my mother. I don't know. It's. It's. It's not. It's not. It's not widely known. Right. But okay. I'd have to ask her. She's. She's uh, sort of the. Again, because because of my name, Otep, which is my real name, everybody. Um, she has it all written down. So for future generations, all my godchildren and and everything to know, like exactly like where people came from and all of that. So. Yeah, I think she wants to get on that there. DNA test thing that everybody's doing. Oh you? God, no! Yeah. Don't get involved in that shit. Yeah, I don't like. I'm worried about that. Like, what are you actually doing with it? Like, I, they could say. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. know. I know a few people have done that, and it's like, no, which which they have. What was that movie? You know? Yeah, Ethan Hawke was in so many years ago with uh, Uma Thurman. Gattaca. Gattaca. Yeah, remember they 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 were able to do a lot with that with that. So well, 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 yeah, DNA. You know, that's Jurassic Park, isn't it? They just make it, another O-tape, That's right. You know? Oh no! One, please. One, 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 Oh my! You, you get, you that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, could, we could do a UFC fight. Oh, you know, and that's another thing 
that's great about it. I, I meant to mention this, and I think I got to go after this. Yeah, but, cool, um, yeah. Um, is that for the first time in our nation's history, we've had two Native American women elected to Congress. Yeah. So think about that. You know, America as a country, you know, we, the America has existed, empires existed for thousands, thousands, 35,000 years of, of civilization was there. But as, an, as, as a country, we're 236 years old, which is nothing. And we're a speck on the, on the, on the uh, uh, chronology of, of countries. Um, in 230 years, we've had, we haven't had any na female uh, representation of Native nations, and we finally do, and we have two. And one of them's an MMA fighter, so she, that's that's also wonderful. Yeah, I'd love to see cool, one of those old guys, like, you know, when he's talking about reproductive rights or something like that, try to tell her something. And I, I actually, uh, I'll finish with this because um, I think it's important. We did a show uh, somewhere in Wisconsin, I think, in the states, and there was a uh, there was a clinic outside uh, next door to uh, our. Our, uh, the venue. Not sure why, if, that, if that's deliberate or not, but um, uh, it was there, and there were some protesters outside, of course, and then they had some safety workers out there to make sure that the women got inside. And, and you know, um, I'm I'm a lesbian. I've I've never had to have never had to have any any sort of um, termination of life in that kind of way. And I've never had an abortion. I've never had to. But my, some of my friends had, and I've been inside some of those clinics. It's, they're they're some of the most um, saddest and um, uh, you know it, it's it's it, it, I don't know sobering places to be because uh, a lot of those women are there because they have to be not because they want to be um, but I went over so it, it infuriates me when I, I hear like when the panel in America on women's reproductive rights is all men yeah and they don't even yeah. know how it works and all this and so then I, and then I go over to and I see some of uh, some gender traders some women over there doing the same and I walk over to them and I, I told them I said so hey I've got a remedy here for this whole pro-life movement I've got it and then they came around me and they're like okay let's hear it is it you know based on the Bible I said no 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 it's based on science it really is and it's a true it's it's an it's it's this will work 100% uh, mandatory vasectomies. We, stu we, we we give we have boys as soon as they're capable of having you know at that age of, of, of being able of, of maturity of sexual maturity mandatory vasectomies. Just a quick snip, you know, give one for the team. And the guy, the, the, the woman kind of looked at me for a second, like she thought about it, and the guy, he just walked away as quick. But I was like, look, no baby batter, no baby. That's, <laughs> that's reality. Yeah. So, uh, but they don't want to do it that way, right? It's, it's, it always falls on the woman. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but I'm going to keep pushing for that. Mandatory vasectomies. Well, uh, well, let me, let me, They're let me finish. <laughs> well, let me finish on this. Um, in Ealing, which is the part of London where I, that I live in, in West mm -hmm. London, is, um, there is a... Um, an abortion clinic mm. and um, every weekend um, there there's a protest group who sit outside mm. and I was going to go and play football in the park I was with a friend we were walking past mm. and there's a group of people um, protesting the protesters so you know That's me good. and a friend went up and we shook hands with all the all, all of them and good. you know I shouted a few obscenities at the at the um, at the, at the, um, at the um, pro-life people mm -hmm. um, I, you know some I, 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 a collection of 
you know odd misfits something missing in their lives yes um, and um, because they're so worried about it then why aren't they worried about the children in Yemen you know why aren't they worried about in what's happening to the, the children in America right now yeah, but, but, but what always worries me is it, it, it always comes from a religious sensibility it does. And, and, and that's got that's, that has no re, that has no has no basis in reality, frankly. No, it's it's just, and there's nothing, and, and there's no real biblical verse that that talks about that. You know, no. there is a, there is about taking care of the poor and taking care of live children and 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 feeding them and making sure that they're uh, that they're safe and and well. But you know, right now we have asylum seekers, which of course that's part of the Geneva Convention. Anyone who seeks asylum in any country is allowed to seek asylum. Uh, Trump has stopped that. He's putting them in concentration camps down by the border, which Australia already does. Australia does that as well. And Christmas um, Island. We had Christmas Island. Yeah, <laughs> great. Good that's name. marketing. Yeah. It's that's, that is that is branding. <laughs> yeah, it is. Tea. But but what I was what I was going to say is there's a happy ending to the story, mm. other than abusing these protesters. Sure. Um, uh, they have now been legally. The Ealing Council, which is the second largest borough in London, mm. um, have. Um, taken out an injunction against the anti uh, the anti abortion protesters. Bravo. They are not allowed to protest outside the, the abortion clinic mm. or within X amount of mm -hmm. you know distance. And if they do, they they are liable to uh, arrest and oh. prosecution. Bravo, bravo. And it's a it, it's a it's a first in this country, which is it's it's not really something you see you'd ever you'd see anywhere other than London, really, because mm -hmm. London's like its own little country anyway. Yeah. But. It was. I, I just thought it was a really important. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Really, really important thing. Yeah, and if yeah. I can find, it, I'm sure I can find some information on it. And again, I'll tweet it to you. Absolutely. I will Love because it. it's. It, you know, it's it. It'd just be great to get that out to the wider world. Yeah, it would know, be because and, a lot of people don't and, realize and I think, that. You know, I mean, the, during the Bush years, they did that with protesters. They said you couldn't be within 500 yards of of the conventions or the debates or Republic or or Bush. So they would put them in. Uh, baseball fields and you know well, football for soccer fields for us yeah uh, and you know which are you know what's the, you know the obviously trying to to diminish that but uh, to do it for uh, for the right reasons I'm, I'm all I'm 100% about as, it as if this wasn't this isn't a hard enough thing to go through it is as it as it is it is without a bunch of strangers and placards who know fuck all about what they're talking That's about right. just hurling insults and uh, you know I always tell them go candy strike a cancer ward you know the, uh, one, you know St. Jude's Hospital in America I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's global or not but St. Jude's Hospital I mean they they, they, they devote themselves to, to children from birth to you know uh, teenagers who develop cancer and life-threatening cancer why not help them you know they, yes. they face yeah. it every single day that they may not wake up you know, so why not instead save of, the ones who are already here? Yeah, instead of with filling yourself with all this vitriol and attacking someone else, why don't you go and give someone some joy while they're still alive? While Absolutely. They're still breathing? Thank That's a so lovely much. way to. No, thank, thank you. you. It's it's nice to finally get to do this in person. It is. It really is. Yeah. And anytime you want to do an interview, Cheers. I always enjoy your interviews. So so cool. anytime, give me a ring. Um, my Ooh. label shit. So they are. They're just yeah, but aren't they all? Uh, pretty much. But this one's really bad. So uh, they're they're just they're just terrible. So, um, okay. but yeah, anytime, just hit me up and we can. Yeah, cool. You know, because I, I feel like we've done fifty minutes there and it's oh. just gone like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and we it was could also probably supposed to be fifteen, by the way. But, <laughs> I was like, fuck I enjoy talking to you. So. Oh, cool. Really Lovely. Have a great show. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to be out there watching. Okay. Oh, great. Wonderful. Yeah. Give us a good, good review.
And there you go, that was our chat. Um, a lovely one, always get on really well with her. Um, and, um, and wasn't that nice what she said at the, air, at the end there as well? So, um, And I think I might have to um, take her up on that and get her back on the podcast a few times. Um, always fascinating to talk to. Um, and um, there's also some behind the scenes behind the scenes video um, that is um, for Patreon subscribers. Yes, I've plugged Patreon again. Good on me. <laughs> um, well, now we go into the final section of the show, and um, uh, I wanted to mention Corey Taylor, who um, outspoken as ever, um, says that he's he's going to be dealing a lot with mental illness on the new. Um, well, not I mean you know not like yeah I mean I'm, I'm sure he is kind of like you know dealing but um he's going to be tackling it as a subject there you go he's going to be tackle- tackling it as a subject on the new Slipknot album I think that's incredibly worthy incredibly worthwhile um and um yeah just something I wanted to highlight really I just think that's fucking awesome something else I wanted to highlight was um uh, Orange Goblin now they did this back in November but it was very very cool um, and it's a picture of it's a picture of a merch stall, but it's like in the corner of a building. And um, here's what um, here's what it says underneath: London, as you know, travelling bands make the majority of their income from merchandise sales. So, in an effort to beat the ridiculous merch concessions at the venue for tonight's show, you can buy Orange Goblin and Corrosion of Conformity merch at the Assembly House Pub, conveniently situated situated between. Um, uh, between Quentish Town Station and the Forum uh, venue. Pop in, have a pint or six, buy your merch there rather than in the venue and have a great night supporting great music. Please share and spread the word. And funnily enough, that is the pub that I normally go into when I'm going to um, a, a gig at the Forum. Um, fucking awesome. Very, very, very cool indeed. Um, now, I know I've had a few people ask about what's the score with merch. Um we did not uh we didn't have any merch on sale at the um at HRH because that was a 30% commission 25% plus 5% VAT so basically it takes it up to 30% um uh, not 5% VAT but 20 20% um, are, are on 25% is 5%, so in total it's 30%. Um, some venues, and that's an O2 venue, so that's that's not HOH, that's O2 who are um, who are doing that. All O2 venues um, apply the same, so it is a big fucking chunk of money for them if they've got some serious, uh, you know, some serious big bands for effectively doing fuck all. Um is it frustrating? Yes. Is it? Uh, it's just. It's almost, and it, it saddens me to say this, but it's almost expected that when revenue is running out in the music business, you know, like people are going to be round the corner with their hands out, um, trying to take it out of bands' pockets because they're the ones who are bringing the money in, and that's where you're going to go, isn't it? You're going to go to the people who are bringing the money money in. Um, but I think more and more things like this may start happening. Um, I'll be very interested to see uh, how how it develops. Um, you know, we'd definitely consider doing it ourselves um, if we were on tour. If we were playing O2 venues, but you know, haven't been playing them. Uh, none of the venues that we play have uh, have asked us for a percentage of merch. So um, so that's all good. Anyway, um, I hope that addresses a few things there. Um, Nikki Six accusing Kiss of using um, taped backing vocals in their this final tour they're doing now whether it's true or not i i i don't really give a shit 
Um, you know, if you're stupid enough to go and see Kiss, then, you know, you deserve everything you get. But all I do know is if you are on, if, 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 if you're in an argument with Motley Crue and they have the moral high ground, you probably want to look at your position on that. Um, I mean, fucking hell. When Nikki Six is calling you out for some serious, for some bullshit and you're actually fucking guilty of it. You've got to hold your hands up and say, do you know what? Fair enough. We've been caught on this. You know, we're, we're done. Nikki Six. Nikki bloody Six. Come on. Um, so, um, anyway. Oh, yeah, and there's the Dirt movie coming out. Anyone seen the trailer? Yeah, anyone care? Um, I, I, I will see it probably just for a kind of, I don't know. It's going to be shit, isn't it? You, you, you see, how that, see how that argument just collapsed like a pack of cards I just went in on folded in on itself didn't it oh I'm quite interested to see it. oh has anyone seen the trailer yeah it'll be shit when it I just went from cautiously optimistic well slightly optimistic cautiously optimistic to no fuck that it's going to be shit I'm not going to watch it <laughs> in, in, in record time like, it will be though when it all this shit you know it, it's whenever you watch anything like this it's always cringeworthy um, I mean, that's why um, Bohemian Rhapsody deserves the um, the accolades it is getting. But it, it, when when you see stuff that, done like this, Motley Crue, it's just, yeah, you know, Queen, they're going to put millions into it. You just know with, with Motley Crue, yeah, they'll, they'll put a bit of money in it, but it's not, and I don't know, bands and movies. We should do a whole episode. In fact, maybe I should do one of those, do one of the, the, the movies and um, music podcasts combined where we'll get, you know, we'll we'll discuss music movies. Um, yeah, or maybe not. I don't know. Or maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it's a shit idea. Who knows? Um, what else has been happening? Yes, um, old Drake has been on um, has been on Twitter to say, yeah, it might even be longer than twenty. It might be longer than twenty twenty. Getting a new Evil album out. Um, I think he's just playing with us all, though. I think I think there'll be something soon enough. Um, but yeah, we've got a few. Um, uh, I've got a few more uh, interviews in the can. Uh, I'm going to be doing some interesting stuff this month. Um, there's lots of stuff on Patreon. It just remains for me to say thank you very much, as always, for tuning in. Um, uh, you've had two podcasts in uh, in January. Um, sorry, in February. Sorry, in January. Yeah, in January. Yeah, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, no, was it? Is it? No, February. Okay, look, um, it's getting to the end of the podcast. It's getting to the end of the podcast. To be honest, I'm a, I'm feeling it. You know, I've been really putting the hours in here for you. I'm, I've been got some fucking some serious energy going here. Very nearly lost it in the end, uh, in that middle section. And um, you know, I'm I'm holding on for dear life here. So you know, just just give me a break. So anyway, um, look, wherever you're listening to the podcast, be it, um, be it on the road, be it in the gym, be it in the middle of a marathon, coke and hooers session. (laughs) Or maybe, maybe you are one of the many female listeners who is, um, who is coked up with some male whores. Who knows? There you go. Just a bit of balance. The balance that you love from um, from a bollo cast. Um, it, it only remains for me to thank you all for tuning in, for listening in. Um, please do spread the word as much as you can. That is the only way um, that the podcast keeps going. It's the only way that, um, frankly, I'm going to keep doing it. So please 
do get behind it. Do support it in any way you can. Really appreciate it. If you can sign up for Patreon, great. If you can't, don't worry. This stuff is just going to keep coming to you. Um, and if you have any questions or anything, anything you know, suggestions for people you'd like to get on, or try and hook me up over Twitter with people and say, hey, you should do this guy's show. Um, you know, that'll be very, very, very cool indeed. So um, it just remains for me to say thank you very much once again. Really do appreciate being in your ears. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, thank you very much. Thanks for being a bollocker, and I will get to you next month. Take care. Ta-ra. That's me. I'm off. Show's finished. Packing it up now. Just going to stop. Not going to say anything else. Just going to finish up the podcast. And that will be that. Just going to not not do anything. Just the podcast is ending. Podcast podcast is ending now. It's ending. I'm going to make a cup of coffee. Well, I'm, I, I'm just heating up a cup of coffee. I'm heating up a cup of coffee, actually. It went cold during the podcast. So you can go if you want. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing, this is it. Finished now. Just gonna warm my coffee. Don't finish it up. Top and tail it. Edit. But you can go. We're done. Off you go, it's a bit weird. You just hanging around here, to be honest. I'm in the, I'm in the kitchen warming coffee. Warming it in a microwave, yes. Yeah, and, and don't be all snobby about it. You warm up fucking coffee any way you like. Just got a new microwave, by the way. Oh, one blew up, would you believe? It, it did genuinely blow up. Mm. That is good. That is good. Right, well... I think you better fuck off.